This week in league, Maurice Blair cements his place in the Robert Louis All-Stars. Allegedly. The judge finally hands down Gerard Bill's punishment for killing Lockie and sentences him to life at the Dragons. The Gold Coast Titans reveal plans to increase game day pie sales by 5,000%. In related news, Gold Coast Titans signed Dave Taylor. <laughs> and we'll review all of the action from round three of the 2012 NRL season. All that and more this week in league. <laughs> Episode 79 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn, and you're talking very fast. Was I? Yes. I was talking very loud, I thought. And fast. Well, whatever. I'm excited. You are? Yeah. I mean, we've been well warmed up. You're pitching a tent. We've had pitching a tent because, as I was going to say, I mean, we've had some Thai masseurs. Have we? Giving us, <laughs> warming us when up. Did, when were they here? Getting us loose. And hopefully... The happy ending for you, the listener, is that it's not a shit show like last week. Yeah, well, apparently. Got some heavy criticism from uh, some loyal members of Twill Nation. Well, loyal members, really, okay. I, I just would, I'd call that into question. <laughs> 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 well, they did, uh, they did validate their criticism by saying, I did listen all the way through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's just like when your missus just says to you, like, yes, yeah. Jeez, yeah, I stayed dude. awake the whole way through. Jesus, <laughs> yeah, but I stayed awake for the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it made us feel heaps better. Yeah, Thanks like, very much. Like staying awake for a minute's a fucking achievement. <laughs> so anyway, um, last week shit show. Yeah, it was a shit show. Mm. I apologise for nothing. Yes, because you know what? Out of the amount, of the amount of tweets that we said it was a shit show, that's probably like four times the amount of tweets saying it was an awesome show. What those idiots talking about? Yeah, I'd agree. But there were a lot of. Uh, Things that uh, took place that enabled us to, uh, well, it didn't really enable, it caused us yeah. to... Prevented uh, us from uh, putting what some people may deem uh, less than our best work forward. Yes. Namely, well, I mean, like, we won't go into too much, but um, we lost about, what, 55, 60% of the, of the show. Um, and so then we backed up again the next night yes. after I was recording another show. That's right. So we started kind of like 10.30 or yes, something so, like so that. So most of the show was recorded at about 11.30, 12 o'clock at night. Yeah. And then I edited it into about I'm not two. really fun. I'm not at my best <laughs> no, at no. that time. Because usually, usually the normal recording night, like the Tuesday night, is it's a late night in the first place. And then to yep. back it up again, it's pretty tough. But um, we're not going to lose anything tonight. No. But I did have a, a quite an epic micro-sleep. On the way home from your house that night, and the only thing that almost saved killed your life, myself for you people, and still you criticise me. How and the dare only thing, the How only dare thing, you? the only thing that saved your life, Alpha Brain from Onnit.com. Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a cognitive enhancing supplement. It certainly is, and when you do fall asleep, even if it is for a brief second, you uh, have dreams about yourself being super smart and saying. Wake up, dickhead. You're behind the wheel of a car. Yeah, this Traveling is a dream. 100 kilometers an hour. <laughs> You're being super smart as a dream, not reality. Wake up. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, if you want your own alpha brain life-saving supplement that it is, head to onnit, O-N-N-I-T dot com and use the code T-W-I-L and you'll get yourself 10% off. And I can also recommend Shroom Tech Immune, which uh, has enhanced my... Ro- <laughs> <laughs> not your vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
it's ha- has enhanced my uh, previously rice paper thin immune system. Well, l- listeners of the show who listened uh, through last season would remember the fact that you were probably sick for about 16 weeks. Last 14, 14. 14 straight weeks. weeks I was sick. It was a long time. It was uh, long it's not time. a record I'm looking to break anytime soon. No, but so far, well, we haven't hit winter yet, but so far, so good. Yes. Anyway, on with the show. News. First story I have here on the list is Tony Williams facing the injustice of a 10-week suspension for an allegedly dangerous throw. The serious thing about it, manly forward Tony Williams facing a 10-week suspension during the uh, game against the Sharks. Even with an early guilty plea, the hulking back row will miss seven weeks. A 10-week suspension would rule Williams out of Origin 1, for which he's been earmarked by coach New, New South Wales coach Ricky Stewart. Tony Williams playing Origin. Imagine that. Hasn't he transformed himself? <laughs> following a bumper into 2011 and a scintillating start to 2012. If he's handed a seven-week suspension, he'd be available for Origin 1, but would not play a single club game beforehand, seemingly putting his selection in jeopardy. A seven-game or ten-match ban would also rule Williams, who made his test debut last year, out of Australia's clash with New Zealand next month. It's a horrible tackle. I disagree. Oh, really? What it a looked, surprise. It, it looked it, it looked bad, but it wasn't bad. It looked bad because it was bad. No, it looked bad, but it wasn't actually bad because the player landed flat on his back like every other tackle in the world that ever happens. So with the exact, you know, there's nothing in that, nothing, he didn't land on his head or anything like that, um, which, which we'll get to, you know, people who do land on their heads in tackles. Um, it's not just the grading that's counted against him. It's also the fact that he's got 40% loading from previous offences. Yeah, so if he didn't have a history of being a grub, this like he's never done anything. Look at the dude; like he's he's like fucking uh, he's like John Coffey. He didn't do shit. Why are they going to execute him for it? Oh, that's right. I fucking made a reference to a movie again. I should have known better. Okay. Hang on, it's Green Mile. Oh, I got one. Thirty seconds later, you realise you've seen that movie. Wow, Alpha Brain. Imagine how long we would have been here otherwise. <laughs> God, all night, and then I would have had to explain the whole plot for you to go. Oh yeah, I think I've seen that. <laughs> anyway, but back to harmless. Back to the being extinction of the T Rex. Being harmless, like John Coffey, harmlessly, a harmless dude did nothing, and being uh, hauled over the fires because he's black. <laughs> oh, are we going there? Are we You're playing the race card, Johnny Cochran? <laughs> no, no, not really. Um, now, yeah, I, I think I mean I think it's probably a four, probably worth four weeks, but the fact is uh, there was definitely no intent in it. I mean, you could tell. I mean, he basically just had him with one before. arm, and the dude's and the dude's flipped because he's just a midget and he's soft as a. As you've said Go before, on. intent doesn't come into it, Nathan. As you've told me, when I've tried to argue intent. Yeah, but the, with the charges, there is there is a, a intent a lot. That's why there's careless ones because that careless is no intent. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, as far as the charges are concerned, it's, there it's is intent. It's interesting how you change your argument when it suits yourself. I don't believe I ever said there was no, there's nothing to his intent. I'm going to go back and listen to every episode until I find exactly where you've said that. Cool. We'll reconvene this time next year. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe the year after. Yeah. And then you'll have I'm forgotten what three your, months off. And you, and you would have forgotten what your point was. I'm taking three months off life. <laughs> what a good three months though. Imagine listening to this all again. Far out. Yeah. All right. Um, so, yeah, I reckon four weeks is probably fair. What Manly will try and do, and, you know, by the time this comes out, it's probably already happened. So, it's, uh, 
you know, out of date. But I suspect, I'll predict that what they're going to do is they'll challenge the, the grading of it. It'll probably get reduced to a grade three. He'll take a plea, get five weeks at the end of it. I think the only fair thing is that the uh, the last known T-Rex on Earth is becomes extinct and ends up in a fucking museum somewhere. It's not very Never nice. Never to be seen again. That's not very nice at all. Well, who cares? Place for Manly. <laughs> and very well, I might add. Come back soon, Tony. Just remember, I mean, like, probably what would have been a year ago? Well, you've given it to him in the grand final too, champ. A year? Oh, yeah, because he probably did some stupid shit then too. I was just telling him to run the ball. I wasn't giving it to him. I was just encouraging him. Like oh, any concerned parent. Well, it didn't sound very encouraging, mate. <laughs> it was fucking tense at that stage of the game, dude. You know what happened. Um, anyway, uh, you know, late 2010, when he was out on the wing doing nothing, you know, I would have welcomed a seven-week suspension for TX. <laughs> but now, dude's indispensable. He's sensational. He's a genius. He's, he's an absolutely skillful genius, manly legend. And, we, and, you know, I just don't want to be without him for seven weeks. That's some bullshit right Next there. Next story. Robbie Farah. He's taken the two weeks. For, uh, what a for, disgraceful decision that was from the judiciary. Exactly. That guy landed dead on his fucking head and was driven into the ground by his head. That's 10 weeks if I ever saw it, if not life. Les Boyd didn't do anything that bad in his he career. He said sorry. Oh, did he? said he? Benny, Benny. Sorry, mate. Yeah. yeah. Ask Ben Hornby if he should be suspended. But he said, no, he said sorry, mate. Stays on the field. Don't worry about it. Yeah, he'd say that, anyway. he'd say this to the, me- in the media, but he's at, he's at the judiciary going, man, get, just fucking rub that I thought it was out. dead. Yeah, I, I thought, thought it was dead. I, I, I heard a snap really loud inside my ear. I thought, I thought it, it knocked me out because I woke up in a horrible nightmare where I was playing for Sir George Lawara. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, that's bullshit. But, I mean, two weeks of, two weeks of far out of side, probably best thing that's ever happened to the West Tigers. I mean, they all hate him, all the other players. They'll probably be, like, really cohesive in the next two weeks and just be, like, stitching passes together and stuff. You know, popular figure there. Liam, Liam's going to be playing the hooker. So uh, Could you imagine... If Benji turns it on for a couple of weeks with the C beside his name, yeah. carves up, single-handedly wins games yeah. with the help of Adam Blair, of course. Uh, <laughs> Robbie. And, speak, and Adam Blair gets nothing when he viciously swung in with a short-arm tackle oh straight into God. the head. How about the theatrics? How about the theatrics? Theatrics? He hit, him with, a, he hit him with a right hook. What are you, theatrics? The dude was half knocked out. Barely even fucking touched him. That was, that was a joke. That's 10 weeks right there. 10 weeks. You, sir, This are is a some jackass. fucking bullshit. These referees and these West Tigers love him. And it's what bullshit. about old uh, Lattimore attacking Benji's head, yeah, and he's knocking like, him senseless and getting nothing? Yeah, he should have gone, gone for Touching, that. even laying a finger on the best player in the world. Well, no, that's not the point. The point was, it was a high tackle. He should have probably got a couple for his troubles as well. Sure. Well, depending on, you know, like, prize and all that sort of thing, he probably would have gone off with an early plea or something. But he should have definitely been... Yeah, he should have been done as well. I agree. Um, Some enforcer Adam Blair's turned out to be. Lattimore should have left on a stretcher. Should have. But, but Blair's yeah, the... Blair only takes on six at one. If it's one on one, he's no. Sorry. Did you see? Not him... a fair fight for you. Did you see? Did you see on six? Did you see him pull the thigh day, the thigh day action on Friday night? I saw him make sure, make sure that he was in the middle of it. There was, there was a scuffle, and he started from the outside, moved his way behind the guy to, to, to attack no, him no, from no, behind. No. no, what he did was, and then want to go on with it. What he did was he walked over to the altercation, said, boys, boys, this is what they're paying me for. Pushed his way into the middle, said, come on, put six of your best up. I got this. I got this. <laughs> but the Dragons couldn't find six blokes in their team willing to fight him. Well, exactly. I mean, let's face it. I mean, they only, they only field, you know, every starting lineup, really, except for origin time sometimes. I mean, they only have 16 men in their side anyway, uh, yeah, and, and, and plus Ben Cray. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> and Jamie Soward, by that criteria, I mean, he's barely... <laughs> Jamie Soward wanting to punch on with Bo Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, who wouldn't know? Bo Ryan's annoying as fuck. Get him off Thursday nights and he might find less punches aimed at his head. <laughs> See, Marnie wanted to punch him too in, 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 uh, the other week as well. All right. But we're not talking about Bay Ryan. We're talking about the travesty that is Robbie Farris' suspension. <laughs> all right, then. And, uh, yeah, not at all. That's how much travesty it is. <laughs> None. Zero travesty. Yeah, it, watching it uh, during the game, he was, he was always going to get at least a week, I, I figured. And um, when the grading came out, you can't really argue with it. It ended up pretty ugly. Picked Again, up, it was lifted no intent, him, but and didn't drop him on his head. He actually drove him on his head. So there's definitely intent to maim the player, potentially even kill the player. And I think he's very lucky. Young but, two yeah, weeks. Yeah, it's Ben Hornby. Yeah, well, that's that too. And that's probably why it's two weeks. Okay. He was a gentleman of the game, I might add. And took it very well. Whilst his teammates wanted to punch on, put his hand up, said, no worries, Robbie. Because he was knocked Thanks, out. Thanks, champ. He was half knocked out. He knew he didn't have much left on the energy bar. <laughs> <laughs> Even Robbie could have knocked him out. Yeah, All no, right. it, was a, it was a bad one. It finished badly. And to be honest, I think he's pretty lucky to just get the two weeks. Sick of talking about the West Tigers. Next story. West Tigers to sign Willie Mason. Almost two months of speculation surrounding Willie Mason's comeback finally crystallised yesterday when Tigers boss Stephen Humphreys confirmed the Joint Venture Club was in talks to immediately sign the colourful 32-year-old. Colourful. Uh, Tim Sheens... describes some of the language he uses on Twitter. <laughs> allegedly, yeah. Allegedly, Tim Sheens initiated discussions about a two-year deal earlier this month. There was originally some concern from figures above, but two consecutive defeats in which young Tigers props Matt Grote and Aaron Woods were dominated appear to have quashed opposition to the former Blues enforcer heading to Concord. The loss of international duo Gareth Ellis with a cork and Keith Galloway toe has weakened the Tigers' depth up front. So you apparently... Think you really think those young blokes were dominated? You really think that's what that's what we're going to pin our loss on? Losses. The two props? Losses. Plural. I don't know that we lost the Manly game because our young props were dominated. They were dominated because Gareth wasn't there to save them. I think they acquitted themselves quite well and Gareth's injury... Went some way uh, towards uh, I don't that acquit loss. them at all. I find them guilty. <laughs> <laughs> guilty of being dominated. <laughs> wow. I feel for those boys. I do too. They're going to be looking for uh, a new club when they get pushed out to... Accommodate Willie. Accommodate Willie, the next Adam Blair. And, you know, obviously Farrah, you know, this is the beginning end for him as well. I mean, he took the two weeks because, you know... West Tigers I, club in crisis. Players bewildered. Willie Mason. And he's, had, he's dropped five kilos, apparently, uh, since late January from a, a bit of a, a concerted personal training regimen. Yeah, that's good. He's been playing in the centres in the five games of rugby union he got. Over two years. <laughs> <laughs> and a couple of games. He was signed up for some league club. Did he actually ever play for him? I think he played twice, or three times. Hull, what? Hull, yeah. He didn't run out there many times. He left real early uh, in that stint. Yeah, he, he didn't. Yeah. Apparently, from our um, unwashed correspondence in England... They uh, tell me he didn't go too good. Look, if Willie regains the form that he showed at the Cowboys, I don't know that he's going to regain his best form from whatever good games he played for the Bulldogs. That was, that was possibly, I mean, arguably, his career form, hey? At the Cowboys? Yeah. I think he played excellent that season. If and he I'm, gets I'm back there... I'm definitely not a fan at all. A... I'm, not, you know, I'm, not, I'm the last guy to give him credit. Yeah. I think he did really well at the Cowboys under pretty much... In what was a shit season for the Cowboys, I think he was a shining light. Yeah. Under all sorts of pressure and scrutiny every time he um, ran onto the field. I think he's going to be a long way from his best when during his heyday at the Bulldogs and his state of origin Australian representative times. But if he can play somewhere along the lines of where he, where he turned out for the Cowboys, then I think he's a useful acquisition. 
as long as he stays out of the papers and keeps his mouth shut. And the money that's they, always a thing with Willie. The, and the money they're going to pay him, I mean, you'd think they'd probably... I haven't heard they, him talk about money. That I, I heard second-tier contract, which so, means... So do you reckon they'll... I mean, I think they probably would be smart to bring him through, you know, New South Wales Cup, just at least, the, you know, because... Yeah, there is some match fitness, you know, definitely match fitness concerns. Yeah. And the way that these young props, Matt Grote and Aaron Woods, have been dominated, I mean, you can't have like a, you know, a half-done ex-player <laughs> coming off a, a, an unsuccessful... You're still running with the dominated mid- line, mid- I like it. I got it out of the newspaper. I didn't make it up. I wish I did, though. Probably out of the Telegraph, you believe everything you read in there. I can see that, uh, I can see that it really gets, uh, I mean, it gets under your skin when you hear about Matt Grote and Aaron Woods being dominated. <laughs> Might even be the title of this episode. Matt Grote and Aaron Woods were dominated. <laughs> if if Willie behaves himself, keeps his mouth shut, and, uh, okay, and does his role for the team, I don't have an issue with him signing. But based on uh, Willie's career, keep, keeping his mouth shut has never been his forte. Least of all on Twitter. Yeah. But, you know... <laughs> you know, with Bryce Gibbs going to the Sharks and pretty much exiling himself from Twitter during the season. Jeez, know, that's the, another the, the flip Tigers, side. The Tigers need a need a, a gronk on Twitter to, you know, represent them. But that's the flip side of all this. We got rid of Gibbs and Fafita. Yeah. Now all of a sudden we're gonna bring Willie in. Yeah. Maybe we could have kept one of them. Yeah, you know. Fafita, very young. He was good. He was great. He was every bit of Willie Mason at the Cowboys and then some. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, apparently. No, don't need him. Need Willie Mason. We need someone to further destabilise the club. Like this whole Benji and Robbie feud that's got been the non existent on. one, yeah, yeah, non existent according man. to Sheenzy, but his team Benji, he doesn't want to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Who's team Robbie? You don't hear anything, yeah. Malta's team Benji, Bo Ryan's team Benji, you don't hear about anyone else. Probably Grote and Woods are team Robbie, dominated the both of them. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on, shall we? The Gold Coast Titans buying someone else three days after seeing. Articles speculating that the NRL would need to prop up the Titans potentially, and people are saying they're going broke and you know they sell off the center of excellence, blah blah blah. All the builders, builders want money, they're not getting paid, subcontractors getting fucked over by the Titans. Well, here they go, they bought another player, and like we're not talking about Michael Barney, they actually bought a player that you would imagine would command a certain level of, uh, of cash. I mean, an origin player, and uh, Dave Taylor, Queenslander, Dave Taylor, two year contract, two year option. And that gives the Titans four state of origin forwards. So you've got Nate Miles, Ashley Harrison, and Greg Bird <laughs> to add to that set. Not to mention Luke Bailey is a representative. And Luke, yeah, but I imagine like, Luke Bailey's going to get the arse now. I mean, I think he's... He's going to go. They need that cash badly. And I think if Princey doesn't watch himself, he's going to get the arse too. Cause he's yeah, rubbish. Princey might be playing in England next season, eh? It's possible, because he's, he's, really, he's like really lost it, eh? Like he's lost it. I mean, one, you know, it's over a season now. I think he's playing behind a, a forward pack that's not exactly... Um, holding its own against in in the game so far this season, yeah. they've been moderately competitive. But as as the, every game's worn on, yeah, uh, with the exception of their win over the Cowboys, when the Cowboys, as we've said the last couple of weeks, were fairly woeful. Yeah, um, I think the Prince has been on a hiding to nothing, playing behind a well-beaten pack most weeks. So, um, having said that. Yeah, if the forward starts to dominate, how how much improvement has he got in him? So, well, I mean, like if the forward did dominate and the side didn't even turn up to play like the Cowboys did, they got eighteen points out of him. This is not exactly. A, I'm a huge know. Princey fan, but there's there's also speculation that the Titans are going to go after Cooper Cronk. Yeah, but how the fuck are they going to afford that after after having contracts? We've spoken about salary sombreros as opposed to salary caps on the show before, but fucking hell, I can speculate. Put him on two plus two deals, two years with a two-year option. 
club will probably fold in three. So what you do is you heavily back end the contract for the last two years, <laughs> paying fifty thousand dollars a season for the first two years. I don't, I don't think they're going to fold. But no, I don't think they're fold either. I think at some point Michael Searle might be the guy to fall on his sword because all this, this is all bad yeah. publicity for the club. And 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 Michael, you remember when the Titans came in and leading up to, I mean, obviously to get the franchise back in there, and you know, for even the season maybe two afterwards, that dude is a god. Yeah, he was golden. He, he was, was golden absolute boy. god, golden boy. They were saying he was a potential uh, future um, chairman of the commission. Chairman of the, chairman of the commission. Um, yeah, wow. Have the how the mighty have fallen. And can't manage a building project to save his life. Having with all that's gone on and and some of the other accusations that have been levelled at the club, that whole Prince's house thing. Yeah, from a couple of seasons ago, really swept under the rug, wasn't it? It certainly was, and and at the time you kind of. We're obliged to take the word of, of Searle and the Titans, given his reputation, his squeaky clean sort of image. Yeah. But the more of these sorts of things that come out, it makes you wonder. <laughs> I always thought that there was, you know, that there was at least a little bit of fire there, where, you know, because there was a lot of smoke going around at that time. And so, it really did get to sort of like, no, that didn't happen. And then everyone's just like, yeah. all right, back off then. I just, look, he's he's had a pretty charmed run there at the Titans, but... The worse their performance is getting with all this off-field stuff going on, I, I think it's going to come a time where people are going to ask questions of Michael Searle. Mm. Um, you know, they're offering five-year deals to William Zillman and John yeah. Cartwright stitched up for a long, long time. Yeah, he's another Princey one. Three was a five-year deal. Yeah. Um, these all, you know, they all seem pretty good on face value, but the money's got to come from somewhere. Yeah. And if the team's not performing, then you've got these guys that that are part of a squad that's that's underperforming and they're on long-term big-dollar deals. Um, and then we're still building centres of excellence. and Yep, and the crowds are still, they're, they're not improved from yeah, what we saw last year because we went down to half a dozen games last year and they on TV they look they look worse. I mean, they still trot out like 11-something as the, as the official crowd figure. Yeah. But geez, you know, they don't they don't look at anything. No, I mean, it, it's hard. I don't normally watch the game with an abacus, but the, the crowds look far from... But you know, we've been there when there's 25 in there, like, you know, All-Stars or, um, yeah. and you know, like the Test match. And, and I've the, been in there when there seems like there's five in there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. So, you know, there's, there is a massive difference. And finally, we mentioned at the top of the show, Maurice Blair, he seeks to emulate Robert Louis' career trajectory. There's been an incident. Melbourne's Maurice Blair has been fined an undisclosed amount and stood down by the NRL club for two weeks following his arrest for an alleged incident on the Gold Coast early Sunday morning. Blair was charged with an unlawful assault following an altercation with a female following his side's win over the Titans on Saturday night. I would like to apologise to my family, friends, fans and all the stakeholders of Melbourne Storm for my involvement in the incident, Blair said in a statement that was written for him clearly. Everyone at Melbourne Storm is well educated and fully aware of our requirements when it comes to the respectful relationships and the decisions we make. Oh, Greg Inglis. If I had my time again, I would have made a better choice to ignore the situation. So there's not a lot. I mean, they've kept a fairly... Oh, I'm sorry, he did finish off by saying, I've been fully cooperative with everyone involved and I've accepted the outcomes. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of information that's come out, but he's, there's been a physical altercation with a female. Which club, is, uh, which, when you put those things in that sort of context, it's not a good look for him, is it? No, not at all. And um, apparently, then I saw some Penrith fans sort of saying, like, you know, oh, you know, what a shock. Yeah, so, well, well, I don't know about his history of altercations with women, but he, he definitely um, got into some trouble there at the, at the Panthers at the end of his stint there, which ended up with him 
making his way down to Melbourne. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's been, you know, not a revelation, but he's been pretty good. I rate him as a player, but... He did well for my fantasy side last year as, you know, a cheap, you know, 87 and a half grand uh, centre three-quarter. Good defender, but um, yeah, obviously he's got some some wise loose upstairs if, if that's the sort of thing he's getting involved with off the field. Yeah. But hopefully they do investigate it fully and the, the whole context of the thing comes out. And if he is free from blame and, you know, yeah. and, and should be acquitted as such. But if he's not, then... Send him up uh, to the Cowboys. Ha- well, let's hope it doesn't get just swept under the carpet until people sort of forget about it and then he just sprouts out somewhere else. Like exactly a year later, perhaps, to do the same thing again. Because <laughs> that'd be a bad look, wouldn't well, it? Glenn? I wouldn't like to wish that upon anyone, and then least get... of all the rugby league following public. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, he's playing centre for the Cowboys. Centre? Yeah. Interesting. Why wouldn't he play centre? Robert Louis doesn't play centre? No, I'm saying Maurice Blair. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fuck me. Oh. Jeez, I was like, I was about to go on a massive tangent about how you know nothing about rugby league. It turns out it's me. So let's move on. <laughs> you, just, you just pissed out all your alpha brain. <laughs> and sorry, I said finally before, but I lied. We've got one more story. Jared Beale, of course, at the top of the show, we mentioned that um, St. George Illawarra, well, the, the, the wording of this article says this. St. George Illawarra are set to poach promising youngster Jared Beale from under the noses of the Brisbane Broncos. But if you talk to Broncos fans... Broncos withdrew their offer, or they said that's the final offer. If that's not good enough, they you know, stick it. That's not poaching. Furthermore, no. he's got the hands of like a... Oh. An entire fan base. <laughs> I'm thinking of that player. Who's that player that drops that ball in a crucial time? Ashton Sims. He's got the hands of Ashton Sims in a semi-final where, where it's all on the line and they're leading by a couple with Mental note, 30 seconds to go. Don't bring up Ashton Sims at a Broncos game when he's playing against them. Yeah? Don't bring up the time where he dropped the ball. Bit sensitive? Oh, you get, so you get some looks. Because... <laughs> At the Cowboys game, I yelled out, Hey, Ashton, remember that time when you dropped that ball? And there was a lot of murmuring and, and a lot of death stares. Yeah, I, imagine, I imagine that would be pretty uh, pretty raw. Yes. Because one thing for a team to snatch a victory did get some lulls. Did get some lulls when he yelled out that Ashton wasn't even the best player in his family. Yeah, well, that's a good one. That's true, too. Everyone knows that. Um, but yeah, comes better. So... The moral of the story is we went on a long tangent there, but Jared Bill can't catch is essentially the, the, the story. Yes. And furthermore, he, he ended the career of Darren Lockyer in the NRL by uh, giving him a flying knee to the face. So uh, thereby smashing his heart, jaw, cheek, pretty Life. much everything else. Yeah, his spirit, his willingness to face Manly in the semi-final. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, so I think the Broncos would be like, see ya. I haven't, I haven't seen too many fans that were uh, disappointed that he's going. They're all like, pun him now. Yeah. Get gay guy in the house. If only for the, the commentary lols. Yeah, and Vossi's not there anymore, so... I know. reckon Ray Hadley will still mispronounce it. Yeah, well, he'll probably... Yeah, I mean, or maybe he'll pronounce it correctly and it won't be funny. Um, so, yeah. The Dragons, uh, they obviously lost Fluffy Darius Boyd to Newcastle. Failed to get Tim Moulton across. Looks like they're not going to get Brett Stewart now with, you know, signing a Beal, so... Who knows? Look, I don't know really what to say about Gerald Beale. He's a representative player. At the end of the day, he's played for New Zealand. But who couldn't do that? Um, It's one of those pretend representative players. (laughs) That represents his country. Like, like, I mean, you know, I love Wangman, but I mean, represented Scotland in the World Cup. You know, come on. 
Yeah. It's not proper. If you change your name to Nathan McGillis, you'd probably get a run too. Exactly. <laughs> I, 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 I know how Broncos fans feel, but I don't know about uh, Dragons fans. Are they overjoyed to have... You know, I've seen some positive Dragon. tweets. They think it's a good a good pickup. I don't know why they think that, but I mean, the Dragons fans, I suppose, they're not known for their, yeah. you know, their, their wit and cunning. No. Generally, wet paper bags, aren't they? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it, it's a signing. That's about the best I could say for this. To the recaps, first game. Oh, first game, worst game. St. George Illawarra Dragons, 36, defeated the West Tigers, 12. Next. In front of a crowd of just under 19,000 people. Poor West Tigers. As a West Nothing Tigers poor member, about them. As a West Tigers member, I am disgusted in their performance. It's, it's making me, like, quite frankly, their performance is so terrible, I might not even renew my membership next year. Okay? Now, uh... St. George, well, 36, a lot of tries. Ben Craig got a try. That's pretty funny. Ben Hornby, Nathan Fiend, Dan Hunt, Daniel Vito, Mitch Rain, Jamie Soward, five of six, and he also got a penalty goal. The West Tigers, Joel Reddy and Bo Ryan got tries. Benji Marshall, two from two from the boot. Oh, perfect night from the boot for Benji. What a yeah, legend. from the boot. From the boot. Not Panzer. from the hands. I mean, he, he did, he did. Hands, not so much. I mean, I remember there was a pass there, like the one in that test match against New Zealand when Wally Lewis broke his arm and he threw the pass and it just rolled along the ground. He did one of those. He's got the, he's, both his arms were good. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, when I was watching the game, I thought, wow, the West Tigers aren't in this clearly. And yeah, they're playing really, really shit. I mean, their defense was horrible. Their attack, they just kept dropping it or passing it, like, you know, behind a player, you know, to a second man who never, never turned up. Um, but then when you watch it in highlight package form, like I think I saw it after Monday Night Football, they went it's through... It's not really a highlight package, is it? It was literally... It's, you'd need like the Benny Hill music behind <laughs> it because it's just... It was terrible. I think the Tigers might be reading too much of their own press, or certainly before the season started, and buying into a little bit. And They've got... They've always been a team that's played with, you know, a lot of swagger and a lot of confidence, certainly in attack. And, and reading that they're going to be, you know, that they're... Premiership favourites, and coming into round one against Cronulla, they would have fancied themselves against them. Um, completely underestimated them, and probably would have lost that game too if not for the dodgy refereeing decisions that went their way. Yeah, they, they, they certainly would have conceded a penalty, like you know, fifteen metres out, and it would have been an easy shot for goal to win it. So there's every chance that, I mean, in another life they could be staring down zero and three. Yeah. And there's enough people saying what's wrong with the Tigers as it is, but 0-3 to start the season for so-called premiership favourites. That'd be Parramatta-esque. <laughs> it very much would be. Let's face it, they're calling for the coach's head and everything at this stage. Sack all the players, sack the coach. Yeah, if it's one thing I'll give Sheenzy, he's, he's very much a protected species, but I just... When you watch him play like that, and I have to say there was some good signs early on because Benji was very, very keen to run the ball. He wanted to get his hands on the ball and he was running it, you know, at will, and... But like that's he does really every single sign. game. Sorry? Like he does every game. No, he doesn't. That's normally not his go. Generally like he does for 15 minutes per game. Sorry? Like he does for 15 <laughs> minutes per game. That's normally an indication that the Tigers are on is when Benji's getting in to dummy half and having a run and, and taking the line on himself. But unfortunately, it didn't really amount to much. And Tigers were just never in the game. They were completely dominated 
throughout. And yeah, I mean, first half the damage was you know it was minimal. I mean, they were still in it. They were only a try behind. Sure, twelve six. But um, but they yeah. still didn't look like they were in the game. No, I thought. I think both sides were looking to make a statement, and and they probably both did. But the Tigers didn't really. <laughs> their statement was was somewhat negative, and and the Dragons probably gave a lot of people the impression that they were somewhere near some of their best form. Certainly in defence. Uh, I thought they, they really snuffed out everything the Tigers threw at them, even in the times where the Tigers looked like they might have been a chance to, to break the line. Um, and the Tigers was just... Their attack was misfiring. Their defence was it was fucking woeful. I don't yeah. know any other word to describe it. Just some of the things, just in, simple little inside balls back through the ruck and guys are diving just over untouched. Through. Yeah, and, like, I, and, and I had to correct myself. It wasn't actually 12-6 half time because they did lay on those tries right at the end, including one right on the buzzer pretty much and it was 24-6 and they were yeah, dead, out yeah. Of, blind out of the water. Um, at that stage, with a sp- half-time spray from Sheenzy and um, some back-to-back sets, you probably still would have backed the Tigers to, to come out after half-time and, and give the game a good shake, but they really wilted, and I think Molson wilted under pressure as much as anyone, and the couple of handling errors he made, yeah, he copped it from the crowd, as yeah. as he would have expected. But Do you think that all that lead-up and everything actually you know, played on his mind a bit? I think so. I think it, it, um, it so would have been hard likes, for it not to. So you're saying his heart's probably about as, as, about as big as his integrity then? <laughs> Not saying he lacks heart, but I, I would imagine that um, I know you didn't that would be on hard his to do. Sorry, but you, but you failed to comment on his integrity. <laughs> What's done is done, my friend. <laughs> but I can't really argue that fact. He wasn't really alone, though. In in fact, that the Dragons really showed up to play and took it to them, and and no one really stood up and and gave it back. So yeah, um, was hard was hard to watch, and they really need to turn it around fast because. There's no easy games in, in this competition, as we, we hear the guys, you know, the commentators say ad nauseum, and it, it's very much, it's, it's very cliche, but it's so true. And, you know, as Manly found out as well, there's, you know, we, we could have been beaten by the Sharks in round one. That's and, it. We, you know, we fell asleep for 20 minutes against the defending premiers, and, and we lost that game as a result. And this game, we were never in for 80 minutes, and they the yep. Dragons really had their way with us. They just, some of the tries, they're just simple the, the, effort plays in defence, and the, the it was just soft. Just wasn't that was there. the thing. Yeah. yeah, there was just a lot of softness, and it makes me think that this game is almost the the mirror image of the game the week before, where the Dragons were on the receiving end mm. of the same treatment. And I don't think it was you know the Dragons played well, make no mistake, but everything they did came off, and even the easy shit that should have been wrapped up real early. Yeah. So I, I just want I think I think the Tigers were as bad as the Dragons were last week. Sure, I think the Tigers really need to. Quit reading their own press and get back to being the considered the battling underdogs of the NRL as, as soon as possible. A, a role which they've never ever been <laughs> since our Western Suburbs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Once once Balmain, you know, erased the Western Suburbs part and got rid of the old Maggie. That was it. Those days are done. No underdogs. Um, yeah. Look, kudos to Dragons fans. They um, they obviously there was a fair build up to this game and and your team showed up and mine didn't. And kudos on your win and. Let's hope the Tigers can turn it around quickly. To Twitter. Where do we start? Pretty much all the tweets we got from Friday night were about the, about the Tigers game, yeah. mainly because of you. Um, and they you know, wanted to obviously you know, kick you in the nuts while you were down. Yes. Um, what do we got here? Simon Durry, at Simon Durry on Twitter. Tigers played like shit balls. However, the Dragons were rubbish last week and turned it around. Benji was not right after the hit. Yeah, I'll agree with that, but I don't know that 
even if Benji was 100%, I don't know that even he was going to pull the game out for us. No, not that game. And we got our Manly Brett said, uh, Tigers in decline 100%. Hash Tigers in decline. <laughs> Just to reiterate his point. I don't know who the genius was who invented that hashtag, but he's probably a pretty fucking awesome dude. Um, <laughs> yep, the hashtag King's got another one on the go. Oh, <laughs> Captain Kickass. He's uh, underscore Captain Kickass on Twitter. Read the Tigers. Out of enthused, didn't show up. Ill discipline, subpar, meek, atrocious, diabolical, shithouse. He really worked. The, he gave the thesaurus a fucking workout. <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> well, we got here three card magic trick. Uh, Tigers were so dreadful. Cronulla fans are now thinking their favourites to win the comp. <laughs> what have we got here? Oh, uh, Cambo 96. Cambo dropping C bombs in his tweets, typically. And I mean, I'm the last one to talk about that, but. To quote the. Oh, are we going to read that? Are you going to read it? Yeah. yeah. Don't forget to edit me out. <laughs> to quote the cats at the Telegraph. Tigers are clubbing crosses. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> what have we got here? Aussie 11198. Tiger Premiership favourites. Ha! The Dragons were Robert Louis and the Tigers were his pregnant girlfriend. Someone call the cops. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's tremendous. <laughs> okay, the other game on Friday night, the Brisbane Broncos 24 defeated Newcastle Knights 10. Good crowd, 23,894 up at Hunter Stadium in Newcastle. Um, this was a strange old game. I'll go through the, the point scorers. Brisbane Broncos, they had tries to Justin Hodges, Matt Gillette, Alex Glenn, Jared Beale. Uh, three from four conversions for Peter Wallace, and he also got a penalty. The Newcastle Knights, they had tries to James McManus and Aquila Uatepate. Nagama, zero from one. Matt Hilda got a goal. This was a strange old game because the Brisbane Broncos absolutely were all over the top of the Knights in every facet of the game for pretty much the entire game, but give or take, you know, 10 minutes here and there. And the amount of tries they bombed mm. was ridiculous. And these weren't even half chances. This was... Catch the ball and score. Catch the ball and fall over and you've scored a try, son. And just elementary shit. It was like they were, trying to, they were literally trying to set a record for bomb tries in a game, I thought. <laughs> it was just incredible. A lot of large parts of this game was Vuvuzela Central. Yeah, there were so many errors. The Knights were were shocking that some of the errors they made. Yeah, just simple hit ups and guys are dropping the ball, and and the Broncos in patches weren't a whole lot better. But there's one thing I'll give the Broncos with their enthusiasm and and the young guys that they've had in their team, which we we've stated in, over the last couple of weeks is going to be their strength as the season wears on. They were the ones that were, were searching to find a way to win. Yep. And Newcastle just expected it to come to them. Yep. And when they, I think Newcastle really late in the game when it looked like, like you say, the Broncos were well over the Knights, and then the McManus try. Yep. And they got a bit of a sniff, and that put them right in the game. Yeah. yeah. And they had really had no right to be there to to be in that game. I think yep. the way that they were playing, and if you're watching this game, you wouldn't think that the Knights were coached by Wayne Bennett. There were so many uncharacteristic. Um, certainly defensive lapses like the Hodges try um, and also Gillette's try just simple running through feeble defence and really really like it's soft you have to say like Hodges was a one-on-one miss as well Um, Gillette ran straight through but I just one thing I want to say about McManus's try that was a key moment of the game when the Knights were trying to get back into it despite how poorly that they'd played. McManus takes the kick where the Broncos had plenty of numbers there and looked like you know, they were lining up to score a try. Somehow McManus plucked it out of the air and ran the length of the field. 
poor old Ben Hannett was the guy that was chasing. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you're watching the replay that Hannett chases hard the whole way and the Brisbane outside backs give up on the chase at about, you know, the 40 metre line. Yeah, Hannett the whole way. Yeah, and he runs the whole way to, to try and stop him bringing it around and um and improving the position. They kicked the goal anyway, but yeah. what an effort. It was a great effort. He would have been stuck into the outside back, so after watching the video. And, you know, that sort of thing always always happened like that you know it's always like the big dude that's, yeah. that chases it to the death there's definitely more to be done with Newcastle than what we thought and yeah, yeah Bennett certainly got his work cut alone. out from sorry buying Wayne alone was not the cure-all that Tinkler may have thought it would be yeah. uh, I think guys like as loyal as they've been to the Knights I think guys like Zeb Taylor and, and Richie Fioso with some of their errors that they made at key moments just simple handling errors yeah. you can almost hear Wayne with the with the HB pencil putting the line through their name. Yeah, exactly. Not to be renewed. Uh, we got to fill that position next year. Yeah. I just, I think the Knights proved that they really lack the mental strength to, to go on with things yeah. and, and close the game out after the McManus try. And, yep. and Brisbane were sort of starting to falter a little bit and stumble. And a team with more mental strength and, and a bit more battle hardened probably would have rolled over the top of the Broncos. But, in the end, it was the Broncos that found their feet and held their nerve and, and closed out the game. And uh, other, the other point is, like, some key injuries as well, you know, like, uh, not so key Cuthbertson, but then you've got guys like Wes Nagama, Uate, Mullen. Yeah. All looked like, you know, sustained injuries through yeah. the game. That that obviously would have had an, an impact on Newcastle's performance as well. But some of the things, like their simple handling errors and, and, the, and their defence is, is more about attitude than, than the players that were injured. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, now, Twitter, for that game, what do we got here? We got someone who today was dubbed Nightsman05. <laughs> Dean Horton3096 on Twitter. What the fuck, Newcastle? You played like a bunch of under-8s. So, Newey just taught me we can't win without Kurt G. Why the fuck not? It's <laughs> a very good question. When, when you've got a team... They can't, they can't lose without Kirk Gidley. You can't win without Kirk Gidley. Holy shit. Oh, what else have we got here? There's another one there. A better team would have smoked the Knights by 30. Broncos were average at best, but a win's a win. That's true. Then we've got here accurate underscore forex. Bronx look good in patches. Good young core of players that will do very well in the future. Got some talent in that pack. Yeah, Petro sort of holds it together well as, as well as the Polar Bear, so... Yeah, um, you know, some good, good mix of experience and and some youth. I really like Alex Glenn as a player. Yeah. Um, and also Josh McGuire's very aggressive sort of guy, and I think he brings a lot to the table. And he's only going to get better. Certainly playing behind Petro this year. Yep. Yep. And Petro's starting to actually, you know, look good again too. And there was, I mean, on Twitter during, I mean, during the call, um, there was a lot of Ray Hadley love. Or not. Or not. Where was that tweet now? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. Ray Hadley. Oh, sorry. The itchy scrot. You know scrot. The, you know the dude's class. Yeah, definitely. All right. He said, Ray Hadley, please remove Jared Mullins' penis from your mouth. And is that the guy from Dawson's Creek in his profile pic? It looks like it. Or, or yeah, or he is, uh, or the itchy scrot. He's he, a be- he, he bears an uncanny resemblance to James, to James Vanderbeek or whatever that fucking dude's name was. Oh, you just happen to remember the guy from his Dawson's last name. Creek. I can't remember. What, it was strange fucking last name. Vanderbeek. He's not vanilla like your ass. Right, eh? All right. And I don't think anyone else is. Dawson's Creek fan. I couldn't even fucking tell you anything about that show other than that dude. Something about a creek. And there's that chick with the crooked mouth that's married to Tom Cruise. She was in it too. 
Katie Holmes? That's the one. Is that where she come from? I think so. Wow, I really need to brush up on mm. pop culture. Yeah. Moving on to Saturday, the Gold Coast Titans, the poor old Titans. They were defeated uh, quite convincingly by the Melbourne Storm. A score of 30 points to 6 in front of an alleged crowd of 11,254 people. But at least on TV, wasn't there. Looked significantly less. Um, Titans were quite competitive in this game. And it was really at their death when I think the Melbourne started to kick away from them. And once the Titans got a bit of a sense of the task ahead, they... they Dropped their heads a little bit and fell off the pace. Exactly. Titans points came through a try, a lonesome try to Steve Michaels. Scott Prince with a conversion. Melbourne Storm, they had 30 points. Their score came from a double to Billy Slater, double to Matt Duffy, Anthony Quinn, Sikamanu also got tries. Cameron Smith, three of six from the boot. Yeah, you're exactly right what you said. And I think the Titans had as good a chance as anyone to beat them in this game. I mean, they were in it for a long, long time. They've certainly got the playing personnel to do it. I I think the the... the Scars of last season probably run a little bit deep, yep. and and losing can be a bit of a habit, despite their efforts, and and that's something you're gonna have to turn around. Is you know they've been on the big recruitment drive, um, they've certainly got the the class players to to turn things around, but you know they they just need a couple of you know some good positive results and a, and a couple of good wins under their belt, and things might turn around. But I I've got to wonder how much the, this off field drama that seems to have been surrounding the club on and off. Um, you know, admittedly, it does go in the background at times, but it seems to rear its ugly head. I just wonder how much that's affecting the, not only the players, but also a lot of those fringe fans that that would yep. otherwise might be attending games, and that that might be having an effect on their crowds as well. It makes you sort of feel for the those Titans Legion sort of guys and those group of hardcore supporters. Yep. Um, but it can't be a good thing for the players either. No. To no. go out with that sort of cloud hanging over the club, and you know it. They've got a really good facility there, but if it could be repossessed at any moment. But I just want to add as well, I mean, they had a ticket deal on as well on the weekend. Mm. And if you went to that game, bought a ticket for that game, and they lost, you get let in for free next week. Wow. So it was two for price of one. Pretty much. Still not a massive turnout. Didn't work. So, yeah, not great. I mean, it is good to see the club trying different angles to try and get people to show up to the games. Um, The only other thing I want to talk about is there's been an incredible amount of masturbation over a try scored by one B Slater towards the end of the match. (laughs) Do you you also spray fountains at this try? The one through the centre of the... The one where where Smith put the... the Oh, where he got the kick. You know what? I'd, it was a good try. But I'm not going to fucking... I'm not sliding off my seat in delight. I mean... I've got to tell you, the one the, through the middle of the ruck where he took the inside ball yeah. and then turned and outran Zilman. Yeah, and didn't get and Zilman had a, a, good, yeah. a good go at him and yeah. he couldn't lay a finger on him. Yeah. That was a better try, in my opinion. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, because this other try, I mean, the kick was good. It was crafty. He obviously, you know, how many times do they do the cross kick to Slater who's coming down the middle, you know, <laughs> within sort of five metres either side of the post? But was that the one that broke the record? Is that why everyone's waxing lyrical Everyone, over Everyone's it? jizzing over it. They're going, oh, no, he didn't score that. Oh, I can't believe it. He scored it. I never thought he got close. They're looking at the fact it was a wet day. They're looking at the fact that because he scored the try and then he slid 10 metres past the, the dead ball line, like it was a close thing. And then you watch it on slow motion, looking at it from the other angle where the actual Never ball carrying arm is. He catches it, plants it down easily. It's not like he did some amazing, oh shit, I'm going out, I'm going to plant it real quick thing. He just fell and 
and it scored the try. And it was probably, you know, the ball was well within the dead ball line. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't something the VO ref, you know. No. And if the referee had been on that side of him, it wouldn't be something you needed checking or anything. I think it's safe to say that he scored more spectacular tries in his fucking 130 yeah. odd or whatever, 160 yeah, exactly. odd or whatever he's got. Exactly. Get, um, get off the nuts, guys. Yeah, he becems the most prolific try scoring fullback in the history of the game. And yeah, you know I'd that was a big story coming. Yeah, I'd like to see a table of that just to see how they all, uh, how everyone stacks up on that chart. Eh? Yeah, interesting to see Johnny Slater, Johnny Slater, Johnny Slater. That's Fuck. his dad, is it? I'm his brother. <laughs> his, his uncle. His, his, his criminal, uncle Johnny. He's told brother. me. His uncle Johnny told me. He said you should listen to that Johnny Raper what he said about Billy during the week. I was just saying, I was just saying he was like his, his criminal brother that's locked up for murder. Oh, his, name, his name would be Bevan Slater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you finished? Yeah. Go, please. Right. Continue. Yeah, Johnny Raper obviously um, gave a bit of a shout out to his to his old St. George teammate, Graham Langlands, and, and said that Slater's probably got a little bit of way to go um, before he catches Chang and I probably tend to agree, although that was a bit before my time. But there's, there's been people talking about making Slater an immortal, and I'm like, Jesus hates Christ. Like that's a little premature, isn't it? Everybody, settle the fuck down. <laughs> just, settle right? fuck. just settle the fuck down. Easy. He's got years there. Years to go. Yeah, building a statue in a minute. Can't. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, they may as well in Melbourne. You know, outside Amy Stadium. Why not? <laughs> Why not put a statue up there? They got nothing else to cheer about. I mean, the trophy cabinet, you know, it's 33% of what it used to be. It's been pillaged. <laughs> exactly. I think the Storm are at the same level they always are, and their success is going to depend on how much improvement there is in the other contenders in the comp. It's yep. such a close competition this year, but Melbourne have shown their hand and, and shown, you know, what their game plan's going to be. They've got three absolute superstars of the game in their side, and, yep. and they're going to be able to pull out all sorts of tricks. and Tradesmen-like forwards and... Yeah. See what the stars can produce. They just can perform at such a high level and, and you know, I don't know who, who's going to be the team to step up and, and really challenge them and, and, and put them under pressure and see how they handle it. And yeah, poor Titans, they just can't score points. That's the biggest... That's I mean, they had plenty of possession, plenty of good work, except for the part where they actually put the ball down over the line. So they got to find a way to score points. And once Rankin again... Rankin showed some good touch in the try they actually did score, but was, those sort of moments were few and far between. He's only young, and that only really emphasises the fact that, you know, they've got Zillman at fullback. They've got a rookie 5'8", and Srama's only really played most of last season at hooker, yeah, yeah. filling in for Friendy. So he's still learning the game as well. He yeah. played some 20s last year even still. Yeah, yeah. So that really only compounds the pressure on Princey to try and come up with, you know, come up with every play. And yeah. it's, you know, that, that's too much to ask of him, certainly against Melbourne's defence. Yeah, exactly. There's going to be a lot of, uh, oh, okay, we've got Shane G underscore 4164. Let's give him a voice. Billy Slater is what every fullback should model themselves on. So I'm surprised he didn't actually put at Billy underscore Slater on that tweet because it's clearly not hugging to the max. Uh, what else have we got here? <laughs> Annalise underscore zero eight. Wow, if the Titans lose tonight, the ten people that showed up get a free ticket to their round five game. Woo! And it's true. Um, but yeah, not many, you know, I'd love to know how many people other than like season ticket holders, you know, those sorts of people who were there. I wonder how many actually picked up, you know, took up the offer. Um, what we got there? Oh, then we got a bit of a uh, back and forth battle between Storm fans and uh, Titans fans. And Titans fans. Uh, what else have we got here? 
Still that battle. Well, thanks for clogging up our Twitter feed. We didn't actually participate in the battle at all, but you know, you guys felt the need to put us in on it, so you know, yeah, cheers for that. Oh shit, they're still going. How long is this going to go for? <sighs> Fucking hell. <laughs> they're still going. It's ridiculous. This is riveting, riveting fucking podcasting too. It's not really. No, no, not Anyway, at all. let's just say there wasn't uh, too much going on as far as tweets tagging us that were relevant to be re- being read out on the show. Yeah, exactly. And um, and it's funny, the other thing as well, and just looking through those tweets there as well, there's not much for this game either. North Queensland Cowboys, 42, defeated the Parramatta Eels, 6, up at Dairy Farmers Stadium uh, in front of a pretty ordinary crowd, just over 8,000 people. And uh, the Cowboys, they certainly obviously atoned for their miserable performance in round one where they went down to the Titans 18 zip in a terrible performance. This time, 42 points came from Matty Bowen, Matt Scott, hat trick to Ash Graham. Like good players do. Gavin Cooper, Kane Linnett, Jason Tamalolo, and Thurston, five of eight. Parramatta Eels, a lonely try to Patrick O'Hanlon, one from one from Chrissy Sandow, 42 points to six. They were absolutely pumped. Thurston missed three goals. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And it was 20 point, 26 points to shit at halftime, so clearly it was never any good times for the Eels in this game. None. They were shocking, and again, Hindmarsh is still, was still suffering the effects of his of his virus that kept him out of last week's game. Yeah. And the dropped virus. Yeah, the virus had been dropped. <laughs> Just, you got a feel for the bloke. He's out there... He's the you only know, dude that fucking cares in that He dragged Seriously. himself off a friggin' hospital bed to go out there and play, and his teammates just don't have a go. Yeah, I feel, I feel for the dude. I mean, you imagine if he had have, if he had have gone, you know, gone to like Manly or you know the West Tigers or you know someone like you know St George, he would have been a fucking god. Even the Roosters, probably, you know, like, he would have been a god. Well, I think Para fans still hail him as a god. Yeah, but just like just for the. The success and also the the way that his teammates respond to his, what he does. Well, how much he's, success would he have had if he had went to the Tigers? Well, you know, he might have got one. Maybe. Maybe. And a lot of, like, near misses in the finals. <laughs> but, um, you know, if he had gone to Manly, he would have won a couple. It could have been, like, you know, the, you know, the second beaver. I mean, we had, we had our hindy, I mean, but, you know, we sh- but, you know, we appreciated the shit out of our hindy. Definitely. We showered him with premierships and... Quality and teammates. Tries, and quality teammates, <laughs> and, you know, clippy lines, all that shit. Um, you got to wonder how protected Kearney is. And well, someone up me for calling him Carney. Yeah. I, I don't know. I've always called him Carney, even when he played yeah. for Wes. I like Kearney. Yeah, fuck. Of course you do. <laughs> you also eat fruit and stuff with a little miniature fork. Fuck you talking Much. about now? Had a party on the weekend. Oh. Called my wife a heathen. Yeah, well, she was. She was just in there just fucking just fisting, the, <laughs> <laughs> fisting handfuls of food into her gob. <laughs> And here I am picking up the little fruit. picking up the little the little the little cocktail fork and making myself a little fruit kebab to enjoy. Anyway, speaking of cocktail forks, it was a taste sensation. S- Steve Kearney, yeah, the protected species in NRL. He's no. like a koala cross with a Tasmanian devil to the power of Tim Sheens. I disagree. Really? That's that's Ferner. Ferner. That's oh yeah. Ferner's that guy. That Ain't no one more protected than that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, he's the most protected motherfucker on the face of the earth. Um, Kearney, on the other hand, though. His time could come. I mean, the papers just today were sort of saying things like, or articles quoting him saying, I don't feel like my job's in position. And you know, that's the start of the smoke. Yeah. Someone's got the stick on the stick and they're just, <laughs> they're they're just rubbing it together and like can, a good little boy scout. And you can hear the wood, you can hear the wood turning, but you can't see anything yet. But smoke is coming. So what's the answer at Para? 
I mean, so, the only positive signs from the past decade really have come from when they've made coaching changes. Relocate to Perth, that's what I reckon. When Brian Smith got sacked, Jason Taylor took him to a fucking grand final, did he not? Jason Taylor didn't take him to a grand final, did he? Or did he? Well, that's Brian Smith. Uh, uh, no, Daniel Anderson. 09. Jason Taylor took him pretty far as well. Yeah? Because he was going to the Bunnies the year after. Yeah, was that this? Was that the I don't know. Final, it wasn't yeah? a grand final. Daniel Anderson took him to the grand final, and then he promptly got punted for Carney yeah, the season got, later. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and how's he looking now? Well, pretty shit. I mean, like, like well, Daniel Anderson's looking fantastic because he gets to comment on Twitter about and you know be take the high road and and you'd be real gracious, sort of you know like rugby league. Yeah, he looks like a hero, but absolutely hero. Then you then you got then you got Kearney who's like, well, he had was it six wins last season, something like nothing this season. So it's thirty games. For, he wins 20% of his games. That is atrocious. And to be quite honest, his biggest claim to fame was being an assistant to Craig Bellamy. Yeah, and then an assistant to, to Bennett uh, over, or, or having the Bennett Kiwis. You know, mentor him when he was coaching the Kiwis. Yeah, clearly, this, well, you know, maybe he hasn't, he hasn't got the cattle that either of those sides had, of course. I mean, but he's still got some fairly handy Jesus. representative players under his command. Hindmarsh is a representative player, as is Manor. Yep, I mean, Haynes um, injured at the fair moment. Enough, but Haynes I mean, injured, but that doesn't year. account for last season. Yeah, exactly. Um, and look, if they don't turn it around, he's and gone fast, by round 10. You reckon? If it continues like this. I think he might stay out the season, but... If they went 0-10, oh, it'd be tough. Yeah. Oh, but the thing is, yeah, you're right, because I saw an article saying that he actually has something written into his contract. That, um, if oh, he gets a big payday yeah, if they four, sack him. 450 Gs if they wow. sack him. So that's like, and that's that's a year. That's what he's getting each year. So that's a, he gets a year paid out if he gets kicked out. So it would be pretty pricey. So they'd probably need to get somebody who's a bit of a you know like a rookie or someone who doesn't command as high a price tag. Um, but Roycey Simmons just got the arse from uh, St Helens. So uh, yeah, might, might want a job. Roy Simmons doesn't exactly have a great coaching record either, and I don't know that he's the man to turn Parramatta around. Yeah, but I mean, like with he took St Helens to the the final. True. Look, I don't think we're giving the Cowboys enough credit. They were pretty good in this game. They were fantastic. They were, um, good. They, they were better than they were last week against the Broncos, and um, Parramatta were worse. They've really and, unleashed and this season's Ashton Sims too. <laughs> Young Tao Malolo. Tries chucking that bastard. I think you're being unfair to him, saying Ashton Sims. I, I, I suspect he might mean Tarek Sims. <laughs> Am I right? Yes. <laughs> yes. He did hold on to the ball. Yeah, he and did. He wasn't being heckled mercilessly by me. Yeah. My apologies. I'm sorry, I'm having trouble with names tonight. Um, yes, they've unleashed this season's Tarek Sims. And he's. I got a good look at him when he, they played against the Broncos due to our awesome seats. And holy shit, he's big. Yeah. He's about eight foot wide across the shoulders. Is he on your list? Six foot 30. No, he's not even close to being on the list. Right. Not even close. A good player, yep. strong. And the fact that the Cowboys scored forty-two points and the conditions were so shit. And they, and let's let's also add that they did it very easily. I mean, they sort of didn't really seem like they got into you know a real third rhythm. Or fourth gear. They sort of they're probably second maybe the whole game. Just, it, yeah, really bad signs for Parramatta. I don't know what the answer is there, and. You would think, at the very least, Kearney would bring, you know, a bit of defensive steel. Yep. You know, given the structure that he could put in place. Okay, they don't have the same cattle as the Melbourne Storm, but you can put defensive structures and things in place to improve, 
to a point where you're not going to have 42 points put on you by the Cowboys. But also remember that when they remember the first game of the season they had last year, they went over to New Zealand and pulled off an update, uh, update, upset and defeated the Warriors, and they were all like, "Oh, look at the structure that you know that." Fucking CUNY, the new system, mm. blah, blah, blah. They pull off this upset. Oh, it's going to be a massive year for Parramatta. They proceed to win five more games after that. Um, yeah, that structure. No. No, that was that was what you call a flash in the pan. Their recruiting has been... You know, they've made a lot about the, the Sandow signing, and I think that'll turn out to be a real, yep. a real plus for them, but I'm just not sure that they've got the right mix of forwards in their yeah. side as well. You know, look at what Bellamy's doing down in Melbourne with some... Guys like Norrie and even Riles this season, things like that. Oh, I just, I don't know that Para have the right type of player in their forward pack to, uh, with the exception of maybe Hindy and Manor. You know what they? But this is the thing. I mean, you you, you talk about Norrie like he's some fucking you know superhero. He's like you know cap, captain coach out in the bush somewhere. That's right. But he's doing a job. A yeah, I mean he gave him a job and he gave him a simple job and I think it was like a very stats based job. You got to take you know this many hit ups out of this you know blah blah blah. He does it. I mean, Kenny's not getting the same sort of stuff out of his guys. And no, he's got definitely. Much more fancied players. Exactly. But yeah, good job, Cowboys. Uh, Eels, you are fucking hopeless, <laughs> and I just can't. I can't see the light for the Eels. To be no, quite that's. Quite I'm I'm lost for answers for them. I just don't. I just do not do not see where their wins coming. But you know, these things can turn around sometimes. But didn't last year. Okay, Twitter for this game. I imagine there's not going to be a heck of a lot because the Eels fans would have been uh, slashing their wrists. Um, Cowboys fans. We've been drunk or, you know, whatever they do up there. Um, fuck all, hey. Picking pineapples. Yeah. I'm not I'm not seeing a lot from the uh, the old Cowboys fans. I don't think there's anything. There's nothing. Nothing whatsoever. All right, then. We'll move on to the next game. The New Zealand Warriors. Tough game against the Bulldogs. They lost 32 points to 18. Uh, another good crowd over there. 17,067. And it was a fairly decent game. I mean, this weekend, it's something I didn't mention before, but this weekend was a pretty shit round of football, really. I mean, there was some terrible <laughs> there quality some, games. some sketchy games in there. Yeah, definitely. Okay, Canterbury's points came from tries to Steve Turner, Ben Barber, a double to Jonathan Wright, Sam Cassiano, and, of course, the Ottoman. The Put Ottoman the icing on got the cake. over the stripe. Be still my beating heart. The Ottoman got a try. Steve Turner, four of six. The Warriors, they had tries to Felitti Matteo, James Maloney, and Sione Lousy. And Maloney, three from three. Another excellent performance for my super coach side, James Maloney. Game of the season so far, I reckon, this one. Really? thought it was a really great, entertaining game. Really it, was, it, was, it. it was pretty... I mean, there was some, there was some you know, bad passes as well, but there, there definitely was a game, and the scoreline itself... It didn't really represent, I think. You know, no, the way Bulldogs the did put on a couple of tries late. But the Warriors went down. I thought they showed really good heart. They, they took the best of the dogs, found themselves down, still picked themselves back up. Yeah, and, well, 16-0. I mean, was a, they yeah. raced out to 16-0. Yeah. And they um, they took the lead. Yeah. 18-16, and then the dogs kicked again and, and showed that they, they're prepared to pay for the full 80 minutes and teams that... Ha- Teams that want to beat them have to maintain that intensity, um, which I'm sure you won't admit, but that's a true Hasler trait. It's one thing yeah. you can say about the Hasler era at Manly. They always play for 80 minutes and, and maintain their intensity. It's more James Graham, I thought. James Graham. <laughs> <laughs> James Graham. Well, well, well. It's more jammer than, than Des Hasler. I mean, that guy does shit. Yeah, I don't know that the Warriors really slide too far in, in, in my calculations as far as the top teams in the NRL this season I, I, they showed more than enough 
Um, you know, the, the Bulldogs were just probably a little too good for them in, in some areas of the game, and, and that allowed them to kick away. But the Warriors really put up a good fight and showed that you know showed their class. I thought. Yep, and it all came down to, I mean, you know, 14-point final margin. It all came down to one passage of the play fairly late in the game. Kevin Locke looked like he was certain to score. He looked like he had scored it. Ben Barber sort of got his hand under the ball, though, and then sort of dislodged it uh, you know, out of the arm, and he, and he couldn't put it down uh, that way either. Um, and not long after that, Barber scored, you know, or he, he made a break from right down his own end, uh, length of the field, and then um, got got hit, got tackled by Kevin Locke. Uh, Reynolds got the ball from dummy half, and then put Jonathan Wright in for his um his second try, and that was pretty much the the difference. The whole game was like a Ben Barber highlight reel. Yeah, he had an absolute amazing game. Yep, one and of those games he had, you know, when he was like a super sub coming on for the doggies. Yeah, well, there's a lot of talk, obviously, with Hasler there now. There's, there's been a fair bit of talk about Brett Stewart going to the Dogs um, and playing fullback for them. If not there, what, what are the Dogs thinking? To, yeah, if, he's, if not there, he's going to be staying at Manly because it seems like the door's shut for the Dragons. Yeah, so. sure. Like, I know you're a Brett Stewart fan, but the way yeah. Barber's going at the moment and with the development that he's still got left in him. Yeah, he's, he's, all right. he's good for, like, an exciting uh, exciting play, but, I mean, they're, they're things that aren't... They, they they happen they happen or they don't. It's not like consistency, but consistent awesomeness that's brought to the he's side. Got his like share, the likes of Brett Stewart he's, provide. He's adding more and more defensive highlights to his to his highlight reel all the time, and and that's a big improvement in his game. He's he's been shown to be at times suspect under the high ball as well. So there's more improvement left in him there. I tell you, I'd take him. There's improvement left in there, but I mean, you know, like, then you got you know the flip side of that is you got like you know Michael Barney and stuff who never never improved ever. <laughs> Comparing Michael Barney to fucking Ben Barber, give me a break. Under a high ball, they not even be the same twins. equation. They may as well be. Twins I love Ben Barber. Ball. I love watching him play. There's always something happening when he's when he's there, and he just gives his all every game. And if I was the Bulldogs, I wouldn't be looking at any other fullback in the competition. Well, he may be the Tigers next year. I'll take him in a heartbeat. <laughs> but you can't afford him. All right. Now, this one, I imagine, would have had a shitload of love from Twitter because we have Doggies fans galore listening to this show. GT351 underscore Johns on Twitter. Start getting your episode ready from now. His awesomeness requires his own episode. Of course, he's referring to uh, our mascot, Joel Romulo, scoring a try. Of course. Uh, the revelation of 2000... Twitter exploded. Oh, here we go. Oh, Revelation of 2012. One half of the Twill team will shut up and stop putting shit on the mighty Bulldogs or the Ottoman will kill him. <laughs> You're right. No way the Ottoman... We made the Ottoman, man. No, one is, no way he's going to Yeah, right. And it was, it was funny. Like, when Ottoman did score that try, it was just like Twitter lit up with people telling yeah. us that he scored the try. So uh, it was good to see. Um, and actually, now you mentioned it, I mean, there wasn't that, you know... I mean, we had, like, the tweets from Canterbury supporters, but they didn't really... Uh, yeah. Not a great deal. Not, yeah, they didn't have a great deal to say about it. To be honest. I mean, it was more just like, you know, giving us shit and not really talking so much about the uh, <laughs> about the game itself. Oh, whatever. Moving right along. And this is a game that got absolutely stuff all tweets as well. Very quiet. Um, we had, of course... Oh, where is it? I've lost my notes. The Sydney Roosters, of course, at 14, defeated Canberra Raiders 8. Sydney Football Stadium slash... With Allianz or whatever Allianz. it is now. Uh, crowd. See, they've put the seats in. It yeah. spells out Allianz now. Yeah. Pretty flash. Wow. Pretty flash. Yeah, yeah, you don't get naming rights to a stadium with chicken feed, mate. Yeah, I guess. And um, 
And they do it at the East, East clearly because they know there won't be people in the seats, so you get to see that big Allianz ad through all the games. <laughs> um, and as I say, that 10,434 people were there. And I think that's a Titans 10,000 too, just quietly. Yeah, but I think the, the grandstand that you can see from the TV angle is, is yeah. the one that they sell the tickets to second. Yeah. yeah. So all the crowd must have been in the... <laughs> In this one closest to the TV camera. Yeah, okay. The Roosters' 14 points came from tries to Braith Anasta and Daniel Mortimer. Braith Anasta, two from two, and he also got a penalty goal. Canberra Raiders, eight points, came from two unconverted tries, one to Jared Croker and one to Sean Berrigan. In large patches, this was another Vuvuzela game. Yeah, this was a shithouse game. I think the, a combination of the fact that the Roosters wanted a result more than the Raiders, and then the Raiders with their injury concerns to coming out of the game, that the Roosters had more fresh troops to, in order to achieve that and, and come away with a, a pretty gritty win. Far yep. from spectacular and, and was pretty ugly, but um, it, it's one of those games at the end of the season, a lot of teams will look back and, and be glad that they won or be ruining the fact that they lost if they missed their eight by two points, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, Josh Dugan's injury is a big story out of the game, but also Sean Fensom's bicep injury. That hurt. Um, I'd only just bought hurts f- super coach. I'd only just bought Fenson to put to replace Corey Parker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think Dugan being injured for for a long period of time is going to hurt more than Campisi being injured for pretty much the whole of last season. They just put so much emphasis on Dugan. Um, he's he's also you know brings a lot of the direction for the for the defence, but. They look to him also as a first or second receiver in attack and, and also backing up through the ruck. He, he has a lot of different roles to play in that side. And with him gone, I just I wonder you know where those options are going to come from. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, how injury-prone... His career is going to basically... I don't, think you'll get, I don't think you'll get anywhere near where he otherwise would have if he could, you know, maintain an injury-free record. Well, he's got a habit of, of getting up out of every other tackle slowly and because like, he runs into it with such like you know commitment mm. that he gets absolutely pounded every time he takes a tackle because he's not the biggest bloke no, he's no. certainly very strong and, and one of those wiry sort of guys but yeah. um, he's not the biggest bloke and he is running headlong into the fence and getting pumped and the way he fell on his shoulder get, yeah I know the pain of of, of of a bad shoulder injury and it's, it's not a lot of fun and I hope that he makes a full recovery and, and comes back and helps the Raiders out. Because I don't think the Raiders are that far off the pace. I think they're going to be one of those sides in the in the bottom half of the eight. If they can, you know, get Dugan back and string some wins together, they're definitely capable of producing at least that. Yeah. Um, but for the next, you know, couple of months, Ferguson's going to be under, under pressure to produce in Dugan's absence. And this could make or break his career, I think. Yeah, he could you make know, or this break is a really the opportun- big too. opportunity for him to, you know, he doesn't mind the spotlight either, Ferguson. Oh, he loves the spotlight. And it's a big opportunity for him to to really establish himself, I guess, as a Raider. He made a, he's, he's done a lot of good things down there since he joined from the Sharks, but um, to fill in admirably for Dugan at the back as a result of his injury and to make a good fist of it, he's... Uh, Every opportunity Ferguson's going to be, you know, be ramping up his deal. I reckon, yeah. <laughs> scoring some brownie points if nothing else. Yeah, and my conclusion of this game is just what is a crap game. Both teams have a lot of improvement if they want to do anything, you know, next week or you know any other time. I think the Raiders they did show 
you know, the fact they only went down 14-8 in a game where they lost Fensum, Dugan and Thurling, you know, there's a lot of their defence and certainly one of the biggest sparks in their attacking arsenal yeah. um, out of the game in, in, in 80 minutes. So um, I think they showed good heart to stick in there. Um, but, you know, over the coming weeks, I'll be interested to see how Ferguson handles the pressure at fullback and, and whether he can um, bring a lot of his skills to the table. He's a very talented player, but how admirably he replaces Dugan will go a long way to to sort of shaping Canberra's season, I think. Yeah, okay. Next game, we had the South Sydney Rabbitohs showing a bit of form, defeating the Penrith Panthers 40 points to 24. Action-packed game, obviously. Uh, crowd of decent, about 14,000 people out there at Centibet Stadium. Uh, I think Gus Gould... Uh, lots of tries. Yeah, lots of tries and uh, lots of hot dogs. Gus Gould was giving away dollar hot dogs and I think they are giving away dollar oaks as well. Dollar so, oak milks. So a cheap day to... to uh, Feed the family out there. Definitely. Um, South, they finally clicked it together. 40 points. Uh, they had tries to Asatasi, Greg Inglis, uh, double to Dave Taylor, Chris McQueen, Andrew Everingham, Adam Reynolds, 6 of 6, plus 2 penalties. He got a great haul on our super coach. He got about 71, I think. Penrith Panthers, 24 points. They had a double to Travis Burns. We had Nathan Smith and Kevin Kingston also getting tries with Luke Walsh, a perfect record of 4 of 4. He's doing his best to get injured in 2012, Inglis. He, got, he copped a knock in the All-Star game, and he also got a couple of wild legs across the shins in yep. this game. Yep. Um, but Inglis looks better, looks fitter than he has in three years. And a fullback, golden position for him too. Well, a lot of people don't remember. He, do you remember when he played fullback for the Storm? Yeah, yeah. He was fucking great then. Yeah. He's exactly. got all the attributes to make a great fullback. Plus he's like he's big too, like so he can you know, bring it back, you know, like like he is like a centre. Yeah. And you know, gives him the opportunity to break you know, break tackles a bit more. Plus, I mean, obviously he's got that attacking awareness as well. And uh Absolutely. Like he could be absolutely devastating if he's played there long term. Yeah. And, I mean, it's not like Merritt's any stranger to the wing if you play him there. Exactly. So and he can come inside looking for work as well and a lot of the things that Merritt brought to the table as a fullback he can replicate from the wing but I think English brings a lot more strengths to the number one jersey. Yep. Um I guess, you know, it does leave a bit of a hole at centre, but um Everingham did did quit himself quite well. In yeah, first grade. and you've got guys that can sort of slide around too, like you know, Matt King, he can play he can play centre if he had to, you know, play on the wing. And yeah, you got McQueen on the wing and yep. um Talanoa, if he turns his form around in yeah. Reggie's, he might come back. Yeah, and you've got He's Farrell played a fair bit of centres as well. Sorry? You've got Farrell as well in the centres. I think Reynolds is setting in, settling in nicely. He's not overplaying was, his hand, yeah. but... This wasn't a bad game for him. No. I had my doubts. I was actually... I was almost off him after the first two weeks. Yeah. But this was a good game. Yeah, he's, he certainly can kick goals as well, but... He's not overplaying his hand. He's not trying to be Chris Sandow. I think that's probably a good sign. He's trying to establish his own name for himself, which is good. Making tackles too. Definitely. And not shooting up out of the line. And a very unsandout trait. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dave Taylor, we, we've, we've spoken about the fact that he signed with the Titans, but um, he was dominant, but the Titans have signed him to a, to a big deal. Yep. Big dollars. And when you think back about his time... With the Broncos and also, you know, more recently with the Bunnies, he's always had a big reputation due to his size and his potential and his ability to show any patches. But and highlight reel, uh, a season highlight reel that he compiled together from a couple of really good touches he has over the course of the entire season. Yeah, that's my point. Just how many games have we seen him play like that? Yeah, a handful. Yeah. 
contract time when he was leaving the Broncos. He was playing really good there. Remember when he was playing off Carmichael Hunt? When, you know, yeah. Carmichael Hunt had always put him out wide there. Um, and I guess, you know, here he is. He's done it again right when he signed him with the Titans. Sure. Um, Penrith couldn't really match South's size. And they couldn't really get their smaller guys into a rhythm through the ruck to capitalise on their speed advantage either. Um, there was a genuine opportunity for, for guys like Coote and Jennings and Walsh to, to exploit some of those tired, big South forwards um, and some of their mobility or lack thereof as far as the South forwards go during fatigue. But I just they just couldn't get it done. They couldn't find a rhythm for their, for their smaller guys and South really dominated with their, their big forwards and, and got them rolling and Penrith couldn't match them. It was... Um, I think a lot of sides are going to find that that's the difference between winning and losing against the Rabbits and um, achieving that and getting, you know, taking small guys through the ruck and and beating their bigger forwards is no easy feat. Yeah. But um, I think that a lot of teams are going to find that that's the way to beat CS if they can get it done. Twitter, I think, on this one was pretty much dead quiet. And I think that's solely because uh, the, the Panthers lost. We got a lot of lot of uh, a lot of vocal Panthers fans. A lot of a lot of vocal Penrith fans um, that'll talk it up when the time comes. But uh, no, let's move on to a Monday night foot bitch. Terrible night at the office. Cronulla Sharks seventeen defeated the Mighty Manly <laughs> Seagulls fourteen uh, in front of a crowd. It says here the crowd was eight thousand six hundred and fifty two. I think that's a typo. I think that's actually six hundred and fifty two. Um, <laughs> and the TV coverage didn't do any favors to the crowd. I mean, you could. You could hear the man, like you could hear those dudes. Could yeah. Hear anything else the entire time? Then basically, there's it seemed like there were about a dozen Sharks fans congregated around the tunnel to try and high five players in and out. But um, other than that, nothing. Uh, Cronulla's points came from tries to Ben Pomeroy, Jason Bukuya, and Nathan Gardner, and a field goal from Todd Carney. Um, and Carney got a couple of goals too, two of three. Manly's 14 points came from tries to Brett Stewart, Michael Oldfield with a double, Jamie Lyon one from three. What do you got to say, champ? Well, you know, it was, I'd say it was a game of two halves, but it was more like a game of three portions. Um, the Sharks, excellent first half, um, dominant first half. Uh, you know, helped out, obviously, by, you know, Manly's handling issues and just general, I think, not really wanting... They looked like they didn't really want to be there. Like, they just didn't, you know, they didn't really care. There was no urgency or anything like that. Sharks, however, you know, once again, as they did against the Dragons, and I think it was even round three last year when they had that game, it was their, you know, it was their grand final. They turned up like it was their grand final and, you know, played like with the, the commitment, you know, accordingly. And Manly just totally did not at all. That was the first portion of the game. That was the first 40 minutes. Then there was a period, you know, probably 25, 30 minutes in the second half where it was pretty much exactly the same, you know. Yep. So then Manly decided to play for 12 minutes, came to 14 zip and came very, very close to winning the game. I mean, there were a couple of golden opportunities that they bombed as well. Um, which is just incredible. A disinterested Manly to play for 12 minutes or can almost win win the game, which is... Uh, I don't think a lot of Manly supporters are too concerned about this other than the fact that it was just the Sharks and, you know, no one likes to lose to the Sharks because they're no. you know, traditionally shit. But otherwise, with the loss, I mean, I kind of feel like, you know, in two minds because if we had have got away with that and won, I think it would have set a really bad example for the team, like mentally. Like, yeah, we're been great. Yeah, we snatched it from, you know, whatever. But it totally then erases what happened in that first 40 minutes and just how absolutely fucking diabolically bad that they played and didn't you know there's just zero like no commitment to anything 
and I don't think that that should be whitewashed over. So I think that actually it's good that they, now they got a loss, and then you know hopefully that stings them. And they go, oh fuck, you know we can't turn up like that. Yeah, the conditions are bad, but everyone's got to play in the fucking rain. As bad as Manly were in the first half, I think Cronulla's performance was probably some of the best footy they've played in, in yeah, three so, or four so, seasons. So I didn't think I didn't think it was it was, it was spectacular footy. It was just committed footy. You know? Yeah, I mean? absolutely. Like, and know? and that's that's precisely my point yeah yeah as good as sharks get and it's kind of stuck with them because they're not they're certainly not flash and they didn't do anything amazing in attack or defense no just they were just committed they were there they i think carney's kicking game really uh set the tone and and gallon up front just unbelievable that bloke props his position like the performances he pulls out when he pulls on a freaking props jersey yeah yeah what did he get in a supercoach he got big 101 or something cracked 100 no he didn't crack 100 but didn't he? No, he was oh. 90, 90 something. Oh, sure, he got one hundred and one, but yeah. Or maybe he got revised. Yeah, I think I think he got got revised. Like after the lockout, I think he was one hundred and one. Oh, okay. Okay. Because I remember I was thinking. And it was when I checked, he was on ninety something. Yeah, I think he was ninety six after the game. Like yeah. a well deserved man in the match performance. Unbelievable. Um, I just is, is this his full time position? Based well, on his performances there, you wouldn't you wouldn't bet against him, but well, you know, you have to look at Wade Graham as well, and he he was actually decent. Yeah, you know, in, Locks, in I think Locks probably he's probably more suited to Lock than than five eight. I'm not sure he's um he's quite as quick or as agile as some of the five eights in the comp. Lock probably suits him down to the ground. Yeah. A few uncharacteristic errors when Manly were under pressure, and um, I think Cherry had a poor game, and I think Snake, other than the fact that he he scored one try and threw the last pass for oldies. He came. I mean, he came good at the end. Yeah. I think Foran and and Cherry Evans were shit for the entire the entire game. Well, yeah. Not shit, but quiet. And I mean, you could actually see the difference in commitment in the very first set of the game or second set of the game when Manly went to do the kick on the fifth tackle and Foran got dragged down as he was kicking it, you know, and then so the ball just sort of rolled away and you know, he didn't get the kick away. That kind of set the tone for what what, what was going to happen, in, at least in the first half, anyway. Um, on the positive side. Young dudes like Oldfield, Vare, and um, and Ferris, Jamie Bureau, they were all excellent, and they were the guys that were pretty much entirely responsible for the the comeback. Yeah, I mean through there, Bureau especially. Yeah, he was in everything. He was kicking. He took on. He was kicking from dummy half and stuff at times yeah. too. Like he was crazy. Um, yeah, he's he's obviously he wasn't really uh, affected by the way the game was going. I think he went out there and, and tried to turn yeah. things around on his own and. Um, and when Manly did stage that bit of a fight back, where Sharks fans collectively soiled themselves, yeah. um, he he was a real instigator in that. In yeah. some of the work he was doing from dummy half there. So, um, Gallon's drop ball at the end. Yeah. What a, what a cruel irony it would have been if they had if, cost them. If they had yeah. scored from that play when he dropped the exactly. ball, exactly, he would exactly. probably would have killed himself. Oh, no, I don't think so. He's poor Gallon. He's indestructible. Really? Yeah. You can't. But surely he'd be able to kill himself though. Oh, no. Kill other people with better look. Yeah, you'd probably level the entire shire, though, with the resulting explosion. Yeah. The detonation. Um, what else was I going to say? Uh, you want to talk about someone like Hindmarsh that deserves success? Gallon, yeah. Fuck. And the, and the problem is... He's not turning out for the fucking Sharks every week, either, Hindmarsh. And the problem is, Gallon is made from exactly the same stuff yeah. as Beaver and Hindmarsh. Yeah. He's never going to fucking leave that side. Mm. And so it may cost him any chance of getting premiership glory. I just can't. I can't see him leaving the Sharks. He's he's got that same sort of makeup where he's a, yeah. a lifer for the club, and for whatever reason loves it. And um, you know, good on him for having. Could you yeah, imagine attitude. if someone said to you four or five years ago that in four or five years' time you were going to be hosting a rugby league podcast 
and lauding, and waxing lyrical about Paul Gallon's heart and loyalty. Exactly. I mean, like I thought we'd be waxing <laughs> lyrical about you know him beating you know beating a girl or you know you know the stuff like you know kicking some guy or you know raking di- stitches and shit. Yeah, you know, digging into into an open wound, trying to pull stitches apart. Look, Massive transformation. He's look obviously. I like Carney as a player as well, so you wouldn't turn your nose up at him. But any side in the comp oh, would side. fall over themselves to get a Paul to get Paul Gallen in their side. He's and just I, and so I would good. imagine that you know now he's at prop. I reckon that any side would swap any prop that they had. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean, cause I, yeah, I would. But funny how like he he sort of said in his post game interview that you know on the fringes he's probably concentrating more on just running angles, whereas you know and you know, running decoys and things like yeah. that. So that takes away some of his time, um, you know, in attack. But at prop, he's more, you know, playing in the centre of the field and, and all he has to worry about is, is sort of smashing blokes and hitting the ball up. So, yeah, yeah. you know, a guy with a mentality, mentality like that, you can just throw the number eight on his back and give him the ball and tell him to go his hardest. Exactly. And the other thing is that T-Rex... Not the tackle. We've discussed that. But I think now he's gone too far with the whole fucking, I'm a massive unit and I can trample every motherfucker. <laughs> there was at least one, possibly two tries bombed yep. where they had, you know, sort of a... And he had to let the ball bit, go? It wasn't, it, wasn't an, it wasn't an overlap per se, but what he would do, he always runs up with his arms crossed, barrels the first guy, then goes, okay, now what am I going to do? I'm going to pass it or I'm going to keep running, whatever, you know. Then he makes a decision. A lot of those times, if he had just ran to the line and just passed, you know, just given it to Faro, it would have been like those easy tries that they started scoring in the end where they just sort of rolled it out to the left, you know, yeah. and, you know, just scored with ease. Um, but, you know, you know, hate the dude. He's just discovered he's a massive unit, so you know, I'm not going to hate on him because yeah, that's so basically... I've been begging for him to find that kind of, you it's know... It's time to get used to it. Yeah, exactly. Good win to the Sharkies and, um, you know, Manly aren't normally a side to underestimate their opposition. I think there was a little bit of that in their performance. Um, yeah, I think it was less that. It was just more they just they clearly just didn't want to fucking be up. there. Yep. And, uh, you know, no one can no one can argue with that. I mean, God damn, no one wants to be there. <laughs> Even the Sharkies a lot of the time. And their fans certainly didn't. With all 624 of them, however many I said there were. Uh, good win, Sharkies. <laughs> that one's been coming for a while. Um, you know, they've been... You know, they had that sort of performance last season and Manly come back in the end and got them. And I think they were expecting it to happen again. Even the Sharkies fans at the ground, you could just sense that yeah. that real nervous energy <laughs> when Manly were coming back. And it was, oh, no, not again. Yeah. So, I mean, was, in a way, I'm kind of glad. Cause, I mean, they didn't, they didn't deserve it. No, and it, admittedly, it was Manly, but... Which which is always sweet to see Manly lose, but it's good to see Sharkies get a win. Now and then. Especially over the Tigers. But I will caution the Sharkies. The one thing is as well that, you know, they did this against the Dragons uh, probably more impressively because the Dragons weren't pouring it on and coming back. I mean, if this game had gone for another five minutes, Manly probably would have won. The Dragons, though, they had it all over them. You know, they were never letting that game go. I mean, um, problem is, though, it was their grand final and they didn't fucking hardly win a game ever yeah. since. So, you know, so... They just need to. They need the, the challenge for them is to be up for this next week as well, you know, and do the same thing next week and the week after and the week after. And until they can do that, they can't be that you know top eight side that you predicted them to be at the start of the season. Fair enough. All right. Now I think that actually most of the action for Twitter for this game was uh, a tweet that you sent out. Yes. Saying that like what you say the Tigers finished. Tigers are fifteenth and Manly lost to the Sharks. There won't be any podcast next week. Yeah. Well clearly there is. Um <laughs> and most of the people, rather than talking about the actual game itself, they uh 
we're just basically saying well, there's some people who are believing us and saying, you know, <laughs> don't do it. Some people are believing us and saying you're soft. Um, you know, some people saying harden up princesses. And Amanda. people like Clay Infinity giving it to us again. Hey, maybe you will now realise that there are more teams in the comp than just Western Manly. Hash Gronks. How dare you how dare you use how one dare of our you, trademark sir? words against us? <laughs> and Clay Infinity is a Dragons fan, so I mean he'll be a lot quieter next weekend. Um What else have we got here? Batesy says Manly beaten by the Sharks equals a setback we'll recover from. Willie Mason set the sign with the Tigers. Fuck, I'm glad I support Manly. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, even when they even when Manly lose, they still find a way to turn it around and smash you. <laughs> uh, Rev Sunny 101, Dogs fan. So clearly, this is where it's coming from. Well, that's fuck Tuvi's win percentage as a coach. Yeah. Just to show what a big person I am that I actually mentioned that tweet. I could have Tuvi will be gone by round 10. I could have swept that motherfucker under the rug then. Sacked. But, you know, I didn't do it. Sacked by round 10. Oh, Tuvi's never getting, sa- never, never getting sacked. Mate, um, if, you can, if you can do what you did to your favourite son and shun him and his Dax and Sonny out to Belmore Oval, then you'll do that to Jeff Tuvi. You're joking, right? Yeah. <laughs> Tuvi's not going anywhere. And uh, there, there wasn't that many other... No, well, here we go. We got Mar Marbro twenty two, which of course is uh Marcus has changed his Twitter name. I love when people change their Twitter names. It's it's, it's so fucking easy to track. Unnecessary. Who they are. Yeah, and he's saying uh, lolling, loling at Souths this week. It's been no loling at Souths this week. Sorry, it's been directed at Manly instead. Beal Good is gone. Called it post round one. Great week all round. So um, and he's a Broncos fan. He's a Broncos fan. He's basically calling himself a some sort of uh. Profit, call it if profit, a profit, if you will. No, no, you're not. Um, and yeah, it's strange. There's hardly any other tweets about that game. I always thought the Sharkies fans would have piled on, but apparently not. They stopped listening long ago, I guess. <laughs> Previews. <laughs> Kickoff Friday night, Parramatta Eels versus the Penrith Panthers at Parramatta Stadium. I don't think Panthers are going to smash the Eels. They'd be hurting. But, you know, if the Eels aren't hurting now, when the fuck are they going to hurt? Yeah, exactly. Um, as, as much as the, the Bunnies put on an impressive performance last week, the Panthers still scored enough points to, to give me... You know, a strong feeling that oh, I don't think the Eels are going to be coming anywhere near that. Yeah, and I mean, they're 24 points. I mean, Parra, sorry, Penrith, they also had like an intercept that they almost scored right at the end as well, where they ran away with it and just got brought down. So, um, you know, they scored a fair few points themselves. Parramatta, on the other hand, haven't looked like they've really wanted to score many points all season. What they scored half a dozen against the Broncos, same against uh, the Cowboys. What happened in round two, apart from, them getting lo- apart from them losing? I've forgotten who they played and lost to. Warriors. Yes. Same, same again. They scored, what, about 12 or something, like 12 or 16, something like that. Um, so, yeah, not great deals. Uh, and, yeah, I, do, I agree. The Panthers get on the Panthers. Uh, They're going to win this game. And, therefore, I've just put the kiss of death on the Panthers. Jennings, hat-trick. I hope so. He's in my super coach side. And this is the first week of head-to-heads. Nice. Can't wait. All right. Next game, South Sydney Rabbitohs versus the Brisbane Broncos at NIB Stadium in Perth, Western Australia. Wow. Yeah, and so uh, naturally in Queensland we'll be getting this one live because it features, you know, the favourite sons. Sure. Uh, Inglis has been named at fullback in a a true indication yet that that's where he's going to see out the rest of the season. Um, Look. South can win this. Sorry? South can win this. I feel that they can. I don't feel real comfortable tipping them. No. Um, 
whether they sort of stay on enough of a high to after last week's performance against the Panthers to to put things together against the Broncos and and coming out with a win is is yet to be seen. I'm, oh, it's a tough one. Based yeah. on Inglis's form last week, I'd have to tip the Rabbitohs. Like, I, I want to go. But I, I think it'll be a fairly tight game. The Broncos have shown that you know every game they've played has been reasonably close. Yeah. So. Look, I think the Broncos. I, I, I'm going to tip the Broncos, but I want to get on the record and say that the Rabbitohs can definitely win this game. Uh, I just, I think the Broncos. I mean, as far as tipping is concerned, I think the Broncos are probably a safer bet. Um, and I just want to say to to Madge, you ever fucking substitute Sam Burgess as much as you did on the weekend again, I will break you as a super coach. Motherfucker got like 115 week before last yeah. 48 well maybe you needed a break mate maybe you needed to get fucked how about that <laughs> Sam Burgess when I've got the C next to you in my supercoach team I demand 115 points week in week out nice god damn it he's dropped dead by around 13 uh, yeah that's right, that man. every week <laughs> I tell you it pissed me off I was expecting another fantastic effort and I was just I should have gone I should have gone safe and just uh, captained up Gal okay Next game, the Warriors versus the Gold Coast Titans. Mount, Star- Mount Smart Stadium uh, over in New Zealand. Tough away trip for any side, except for Manly, of course. We smash them. But, um, yeah, Titans. Poor old Titans. They're going to get fucking pounded. Look, the Warriors have shown that they're a good side this season, and the Titans have shown that they're yet to be proven and be a good side. So I think the Warriors will have far too much class for the Titans and and the fact that they're at home will probably indicate that they'll run away with it. Looking at the Warriors team sheet here, Conrad Hurrell is in 17. Not that injured then? No, obviously... One, two, three, four... Yeah, I mean... They do have name, some... Name the five-man bench, so there's every chance he might slip off that if Sorry, he's not past fit. Yeah. So. yeah. No doubt he'll have to pass a fitness test if he gets there. He'll pose some issues for the Titans, but... Um, Otherwise, John ultimately, Pilar, I, I think it'll be guys like Mateo, uh, Sean Johnson will probably have a field day in this one. This is yeah, this is one to get uh, stock up your super coach side full of uh, full of Warriors players, which I pretty much have to. Could be Hatchicks all around. I think I've got Maloney, Mannering, Jerome Party, Ben Henry, Mateo, fucking Hurrell. I've got a lot of <laughs> I've got a lot of Kiwis in my side this year. All right, anyway, yeah, Titans. I think they're on a hiding nothing in this game. Their inability to score points lately is really going to hurt them because the Warriors are going to come with plenty, like at least 24. Agree? Agreed. Agree with me, bitch. All right. Next game, Saturday, match of the round. St. George Illawarra Dragons versus the mighty Manly Sea Eagles at Win Jubilee Oval at Coggera. I think Manly will be embarrassed by their performance on Monday night, and uh, although they are coming off the, off the Monday night footy game... I think they'd be looking to turn things around pretty quickly and might get over the top oh, of the Dragons. Yeah. I think the Monday Night Football thing is going to be a fairly critical factor. It's just, it just you know, you can kind of it dismiss is, it. Yeah. You can dismiss it, but it just time after time it happens. Um, I'd be more comfortable if this game was being played on a Sunday, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. The, you know, the backs weren't too bad uh, the other night. I mean, they certainly came, came good at the end of the game. The forwards are the ones that really, you know, needed to be embarrassed, uh, especially guys like... Um, Jason King, Brent Kite, Dropmo. Uh, yeah, he yeah he was he was fairly ordinary. Um, Daniel Harrison was shit. Tim Robinson was shit as well. Lussick was actually I mean like people will focus on the fact that he dropped the ball at the end. 
that did not lose the game. I mean, the first half lost that game. And Lusick's stats were actually really... I mean, he had, for the time he had on the field, he had a lot of hit-ups and a lot of tackles. Uh, and it was one of his best performances for the club. Just kind of slipped under the radar a little bit because he didn't fight anybody. Um, <laughs> no T-Rex for this game. Uh, a very, very extended bench. We've got guys you know, like uh, Jason Ania, Nick Skinner, who heard a lot about. And... Oh, Jorge Tafua, who was on the, he was the 18th man, I believe, in round one as well, and made the trip over to New Zealand, but didn't play. So uh, there's obviously a few concerns here and there. Um, I'd feel a lot more comfortable in this game if we had Matai and Glenn Stewart, because Matai is the kind of guy that we really needed on Monday night. Well, he probably would have pulled us out of the shit, you know, with his mm. dummy half running and stuff like that. So yeah, I'd have to say the Dragons based based on their last upstart, I think. Yeah, but if they go. If they go Rocks, Diamonds, Rocks, Diamonds, it's Rocks Weeks. <laughs> you could be right. It's Rock Week, therefore... Maybe they're super by embarrassed by their performance against the Dogs two weeks ago. That, that That's what's turned them around. Yeah. Um, Maybe they're super embarrassed about their performance about the Tigers when they should have put 50 on them. Yeah, probably should be. Yeah. Probably should be. So, uh, of course, Shut Manly are going to win this game. The more you put on, the more you get back. You know how it goes. <laughs> 13 plus in one of the upsets of the season. This does actually coincide with the game last season, I think it was, uh, against the Chookies. Or maybe it doesn't. Maybe that was earlier. But there was a game where Manly were decimated by injury, facing a star-studded premier uh, grand finalist side, the Roosters, last season. And we absolutely caned them, consigning the Roosters to a terrible season and also giving ourselves the first step, the first base camp on the way up to the Everest of the NRL, the grand final that we lifted on that faithful day in October 2011. <laughs> All right, let's go on to the next game, which is the North Queensland Cowboys at home again against the Cronulla Sharkies at Dairy Farmers. Well, North Queensland by how many? If this was at Shark Park, I'd be picking the Sharkies, but uh, I think the Cowboys will get the job done at home. Um, they showed last week they tend to, they were looking to turn around their round one performance and, and grow an extra leg at home and Sharks coming off Monday night footy I think the Cowboys will get it done yep and also facts Sharkies play the grand final uh, don't <laughs> expect to win again for a while Cowboys by probably 26 plus if you're a betting man next game Sunday we have the Melbourne Storm versus the Sydney Roosters down at Amy Park in Melbourne the Roosters are going to get absolutely thumped yep well you know, thumped. Do the Roosters build on their scratchy, scratchy, scratchy yet winning effort of last week? Thumped, I tell you. Yeah, I think the Storm are going to smash them too. I'm trying to talk. To, I'm trying to create some mystery and talk the Roosters up, but there's just no reason to. They're going to get smashed. There's really nothing else to say about that game. Next, Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs versus Newcastle Knights at Olympic Park, ANZ Stadium in Olympic Park. Three o'clock game on Sunday. It was AK the Channel Nine game. I think the Knights have no chance in this game. I think so too. I mean, let's face it, the Knights under Bennett you think would be an improved side, but geez, the injuries. I mean, there are, there are players have named in this side that I thought would be injured, uh, like Cuthbertson, Uate. I thought they'd both be gone. Maybe then, I, I think Uate still may drop out. They've got a fairly extended bench there. Oh, no, they haven't actually got one extra guy on there who he's covering. I don't know who Zane Tedovano is, so... Me either. I can't really say who'd be there, who he'd be there to cover. Perhaps, you know, what is he going to cover Uate, you think? I thought Uate was worse than, you know, missing just that game that uh, he was injured in. Jared yeah, Mullins there as well. You know, how beat, how beaten up are the Knights? Everyone the else is... Every, every other, with the exception of Matt Hilda, and he's not going to play in the wing. No. Every other player's a forward, so you would imagine that uh, Tedovano is the man to 
uh, help you out on the wing if Iwate is ruled out. Yep, and yeah, a doggies. It it doesn't matter what the doggies do or who's playing with them. I just think the Knights are so bashed up at the moment that uh, it's going to be a fairly easy roll on. Yeah, I think the dogs will win easily. Hat trick for Romolo. Okay, and uh, finally, we have Monday Night Foot Bitch. The West Tigers versus the Canberra Raiders at Campbelltown Sports Stadium. Liam Fulton's been named at hooker to replace Robbie Farrar. Can't imagine great service from dummy half. Oh, he has played there before. Intercepts from dummy half. Imagine that. <laughs> he can throw an intercept, as he's shown in the past. Benji's got the captain's uh, tag for this game. and Look, the, the Raiders tend to show up against the Tigers and give them a bit of stick. So mm-hmm. um, this is going to be a really tough game. Clearly, I'm going to go for the Tigers, given that they're at home. Um, and, you know, of course, the fact they have the best player in the world in Benji Marshall in their side. Um, but, you know, they're going to have to be a lot better than what they've shown for this entire season so far because the Raiders, you know, Ferguson, Croker, Berrigan, you know, that Jack Whiten's a good player, Campisi, so much attacking, um, so many attacking options that they've got, um, and some decent-sized forwards, which generally give the Tigers troubles. So, man, I mean, you know, I you think get the Tigers will win. But Shiloh's been going great. Sure, you know, get get him in there. I mean, he'll he'll I dare say he'll dominate Grote and uh, Aaron Woods. Yep, Liam Fulton you know, out of position. What's he going to do? How's he going to go? I mean, I don't think it's going to be too crucial to the whole thing. No, uh, Gaddeth has been named. Yeah, whether so, he takes his place yeah. in the side or not, it's another thing. But if he doesn't, he might as well piss off to England. What a soft cock. I mean, he's out for a couple of weeks with a cork. Get the fuck out of here. You're a disgrace. Back to England. <laughs> Go to Tigers. He's, clo- he's clocked off early. Gaddeth. He signed that deal and he's like, all right, I'm oh, out of here. Fuck, are you still going? How many <laughs> the Tigers are going to win by, Nathan? The Tigers are going to win by negative seven. Well, picking the Raiders, eh? I'm just doing it to shit you. Okay. As a member of the West Tigers, I'm disgusted that I'm doing this to my my team that I've that I'm a member of. But um, you know, I'm tipping I'm I'm tipping the Raiders uh, because fuck West Tigers. That is full time for episode number seventy nine. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League or on Facebook as well, Facebook.com forward slash This Week in League iTunes, one new review this week. Short but sweet. Short but sweet. Very sweet. Like chocolate oak milk. Free plug. Twill, five stars from the chocolate milk soldier. One word. Hilarious. How sweet. Pronunciation pronunciation is all of my own for effect. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Of course, if you want to be a legend like the chocolate milk soldier, I believe that was his name, wasn't it? Yes. Get yourself on iTunes, find This Week in League. It's easy to find, we're always at the top of the sports, just saying. No boasting. No boasting, um, we no, don't boast. No, we don't boast. Um, you can all plug in, you know, do a search for This Week in League, you'll find us. Um, get on there, throw a rating on there, throw a review on there, and we'll read it out next week on the show. Uh, tipping. Fuck me. Tippageddon. Absolute tip. Well, you know, last week, I, I expected... There are many to- things in life, Nathan, that I'm good at. Tipping... How do you He's got not t- one of them. How do you got tipping, Glad? Very poorly, it would seem. And yeah, tip again this week. Uh, I don't know what I got. I I fucking shudder to think. Actually, I mean, I probably would have got three or four. Yep, same. I've got three or four every week, and I'm running 
you were running last. You were running 84th. I forget how many people we got in the competition, but we're coming up on 100. So, yeah. nice. You're in the lower. You're in the bottom percentile of the <laughs> of, of our listeners. I'm 54th. I was I was around 30. So I've dropped 20 just in one fucking week. It's incredible. However, the people who aren't shit on top. C leads twenty four. What about that? Tied. Well, actually, we got a couple of people tied. It's a three way tie first. C leads twenty four. It's me, Cookie Bra. Who the hell is that? And Katrina Smith. I know who. We know who Cam Leeds is. Of course, he's on Twitter. He's a pest. The other two. He's a pest. Not yeah. <laughs> the other two, not so sure. Um, th- those guys are all uh, all tied on top. But um, Leeds gets the. He gets the uh, the nod for the number one position because he actually only joined the competition after the first round, I believe. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. So, he's uh, jumped in there and, yeah, away he goes. Um, Ken Tip. Yeah. Unlike myself. Exactly. Okay. And we have also to round out the top five, we have Langers, 38. And we have Devonhead. Now, the guys, on the, the guys on the top of the table got six right out of uh, eight. Trotter's got five of eight. And so, yeah, good competition early. Consistent trotters, 5-5-5 five, five, and five of the first three rounds of the Premiership. Let's, yeah. How very dragons of him. Very, very above, very barely above average. Yes. And yet that's enough Much to get like you in the top. his head. Yeah, and that's enough to get you in the top five, though. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's not too bad. Um, yeah, fantasy football. The head-to-head start this week. So, as far as I'm concerned, I don't really give a shit about the points kind of thing and no. the overall kind of thing. I mean, you've got to be some kind of, you know, guru, that mathematical fucking genius and, you know, looking at these cash cow players and blah, blah, blah. I just want players to just give me 60-plus a week. You can give me a minimum 60. And then You're you, in. And then you get your guys like, you know, your Burgesses and your Gals and everything. You sort of get you, you know, your 80, 90s. I'm happy. And, yeah, and, and that's right. If you do that, you're sort of, you know, looking at, you know, 11, 1,200. So, um... Injury. It was it was fantasy getting as well this week. Oh my god! Everyone last week got rid of Corey Parker. Parker, yep. So what do they do? Put they, Sean Fenson in. What happened to Fenson? Gone. Gone. Conrad Harrell. Well, he, he's been he's been named. So whether he takes his place or not, obviously is not that serious an injury. But gone. Corey Parker, as we said, gone. Fucking who else is gone? All sorts of good players. T Rex potentially gone for a long time. With yeah, suspension. he was scoring right up there too. Man, I'd only bought him. I got rid of Corey Parker and brought in um, Fenson and T Rex. I think. Just for that sweet, sweet Corey Parker money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did have a bit in the bank to start with, but yeah. Um, so a lot of people, I think, are going to severely struggle because a lot of people have like Jared Hayne as their fullback and mm. they're carrying a lot of injured players anyway. And I, there are some people, I think, who are going to struggle. And you've got those big scorers that, that become injured players. They've become super hard to sub out. And, yeah, and you get and attached to them. Keep in your side. Exactly. So uh, good luck, everybody. And uh, you know, when it comes down to head-to-head stuff, we'll uh, be pumping up the winners I guess each week which when probably it, won't be me probably might be me I'm fucking awesome at fantasy alright and of course our shop we've still got some stock of the Revelation t-shirt we've got hats we've got stubby coolers I know some of the hat sizes are limited but I forget what you said um, which ones are uh, small medium curved brim has officially been exhausted okay um, sold a couple of flat brims in the last week or so um, so get your orders in and we'll get those out to you ASAP. Awesome. And stubby coolers, of course. Oh, we've got thousands of those. To keep to keep your uh, your, your coffee warm in winter, because it's coming to winter. Yes. You, you don't, you don't, or you know, your beer cold. Or to protect your hand from the coldness of your beer while you're actually uh, <laughs> watching football in the wintertime. But get to thisweekinleague.com forward slash shop. As I said last week, to be the coolest motherfucker that you know. Wow. 
goes without saying. Yeah, it does. Repping our gear. Exactly. Goes without saying. And constantly we're getting reports of people ripping that shit out in public. In public. And just getting, and, and just, just, you know. People guys, just throwing themselves. Guys just pulling chicks like you wouldn't yeah. believe. Exactly. And guys like, you know, Cruzy, they would never have any chance of ever pulling a chick ever, pulls our shirt on, please. Exactly. Beating them off with a stick. Exactly. And chicks just, just becoming absolute glamours overnight. Probably because they haven't pulled the shirt all the way down over their head, but you know. <laughs> I refuse to endorse your statements. <laughs> anyway, that's it for this week. We're going to finish in under two hours. We are. We're going to finish in under two hours, and we're coming up. We're ticking up on two hours now, so that's all we've got time for. See, See you next week. week.